in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. Yeah, I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I, I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought uh, Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think, is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring, also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another, and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making two million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left on a while, so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just gonna let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully, I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who didn't speak. So absolutely what's happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AW Dynamite. Like I not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, we've seen Cejudo on Dynamite, we've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite, we've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez, like it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually Fightful, 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 watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, I, I apologize for us not doing this last week, but 
there honestly wasn't a ton to talk about. I had a really long day. It was exhausting. And uh, I just thought that we'd give it a week to see, like, if any more news and stuff would pop up. And, man, uh, the the news that dropped the next day was just huge. And we could have went on all day about that topic. Unfortunately, we're going to be covering it late. But I do think it's important. And it's not to crap on Ring of Honor or anything like that. You know, I've already said my my piece about that where it was basically like I, I hated the corporate structure. It didn't feel like an independent promotion, but it didn't really feel like a mainstream promotion. It was just kind of in the middle. But it's more so of just like what does it tell you about the future of wrestling and what what do we think is going to happen from here on out? And we can also relive some great stuff from Ring of Honor. By the way, that video that you watched with Adam Cole and AJ Styles, I was at that event. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was a good match. I had front row tickets on the corner side. Um, I would have looked out for you if I would have known that. Yeah, that was a great card. That was a great card. So, But, yeah, I, I loved ROH. I mean, me and Bill went out of our way to drive to San Antonio just to watch uh, ROH TV tapings or whatever. I mean, there was a time – where the talent was so stacked and uh, yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and let Steven talk too. But uh, you know, just have to remind everyone, <laughs> my Cowboys won. We're six, we're six and one. We've won six in a row. Steven's a little upset about the game. I would be too. The craziest thing to me is that we led that game with like the only time we led that game, the entire game was 51 seconds, but it was good enough to win. We got out of there with, out having to play Dak. Dak gets to recover. And uh man, do we look good right now. I'm excited. Right, yeah. Steve. Yeah, me and Doug have talked privately about this game uh, enough. I'm very disappointed in my Vikings. I think I'm I'm generally not one who, you know, tells yeah, I, I generally don't rally to have people lose their jobs in general but like when it comes to mike zimmer i'm sorry i mean it's like sorry not sorry like the dude is making millions a year and like we have to pay him either way whether he's there or not it's guaranteed money through 2023 so i don't really feel as bad saying this like they should have got rid of him sunday night or sometime yesterday um but yeah it's frustrating uh the vikings have a really really talented team Kirk Cousins, when he's allowed to go out there and just sling the ball around, he's playing out of his mind. Um, I think there's a definite disconnect between the players and the coaching staff, and they need to they need to delay or stop delaying the inevitable, and they need to just move on from Mike Zimmer and try do some interim coaching setup for the rest of the year. We're still in the playoff run, uh, playoff hunt. We have the tiebreaker over Carolina, like we can still make the playoffs, but. There's going to be coaches available next year that I that would die to have the talent under them that we have, and guys like Mike Tomlin from from Pittsburgh, who I feel like might be on his way out and stuff. Like, there's good coaches who are going to be available, so I think that's the biggest problem with Minnesota. Like, and nothing to taking nothing away from you guys, Doug, at all, but like, there we should not have been losing to your backup quarterback. Like, you know, we you guys you guys play, but it's it's every game for the Vikings. Every game is like this. Every single for the last two seasons. We, we get ahead and then we play conservatively as, as if there's no way we can lose. And then we all, we either win or lose based completely off the last drive of the game. And we let, we let teams hang out for way too long. We don't put, put it on their throat and like, just 
there's teams like the Rams who just get up so far ahead that they don't even play their stars in the fourth quarter. Like, do yeah. that if you can. Yeah. Like, don't don't just stay in the game to stay in the game. Like, I'm sick of it, and I think Zimmer needs to go. So, yeah, um, one guy that you might be looking for is Kellen Moore, our offensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, the guy's a boy wonder genius, and uh, I think that that would definitely interest you as a head coach. Um, hold on here. Yeah. Chris wants to throw a little more, a little bit more salt in there. Uh, you guys, hey, Stephen, how's it feel to how's oh, it feel your on, Vikings man. lost to Dallas backup QB for the second straight year? Laugh out loud. Well, I pretty much just answered that. I, I yeah, you know, but I will say this, and I told this to Doug privately as well. I think Cooper Rush, like he showed the kind of potential where he might be a better option as a starting quarterback than on you know some of these teams that are really struggling. Like he he looks. He looked pretty legit, so it's not I like we lost to some shitty quarterback. I think he was rattled at first, and then I yeah. think he got a little bit more comfortable. I also think, I mean, he's been with Dak almost the entire time. Like, I think he started in 2017, so just a year after, and undrafted free agent. So he at least knows the offense, and that's that's a huge part of being a quarterback is just not second-guessing and knowing your reads. Plus, I mean, he's got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb to throw to, Cedric Wilson. I mean, go on and on. So, yeah, there's it, it was definitely built. He has a good offensive line. Like, it, 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 was, probably, it was good. It probably doesn't hurt either that he wasn't worried about Daniel Hunter coming after him after, like, the second quarter of the game, too. Like, Daniel was, like, all over him. And then out, he's probably going to be out for the season. So, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. unlucky. Unlucky. But once again, the Cowboy, I'm not taking anything away from y'all. Y'all played good. Like y'all made the right decisions. We're over here calling double timeouts uh, and and yeah. just I mean just yeah. just falling apart. And y'all y'all capitalized and did what you needed to do. Like I mean, I mean Cooper Cup is when when that dude gets open, like it's game over for everyone. Like CD Lamb. One thing I'll talent. say. One thing I'll say about. Out. Yeah, yeah. One thing I'll say about Mike McCarthy is I don't know how good of a coach he is, but I do know that he kind of just lets his coordinators do their thing and then he'll be aggressive in the game. We will go for it on fourth down if we're even in the 30 because he believes in the offense that much. And when you have to face us, that type of offense with Dak, and you have to stop us for four downs, it's really difficult. And, like, it, we're just aggressive. We we really try to step on people's throats. And I'm used to a Garrett-type offense where – we really play like right with you. We don't go way ahead. We don't dominate. And so it's it's very fun right now seeing this team. Yeah, it's all kind of connected too. Zimmer being from like the Parcells tree out of Dallas and then Jason yep. Garrett coming in, uh, you yep. know, and all this stuff. Like, I mean, I told you this also when we were talking uh, yesterday about it, like Zeke, I mean, there was that one play, uh, you know, third down, third and long, and he got hit like five yards b- before the first down marker. And if he doesn't get that first down, this game looks totally different. I mean, there yep. were some plays where he really he, – he lived up to the amount of money that y'all pay him, you know, which yep. I think is a controversial amount of money based on, like, what I think he produces for y'all. Because Pollard, I think, does really, really, really well also for you guys. Yeah. But yep. when Zeke needed – what he needed to do, he got done. Um, so you want to know what's crazy about that too, though, is that Zeke held out in Cabo. We drafted Pollard and we paid Zeke just so he could play for week one. 
if Zeke would have held out for like six weeks or something, four weeks, and Pollard got four starts, we would have probably never re-signed Zeke. We probably would have been like, look, you still have two years on your contract. You can just come in and we'll just rock with Pollard until you come back. Like, And, and he would have had no leverage. But Yeah, that's wild. That's how it goes. Yeah. So, and then also one last thing I'll say about it, like, because I love Harrison Smith. Like, he's one of my favorite offensive players ever. But he screwed up so bad with that face mask at the end of the game. Because that was another one. Fourth quarter, towards the end of the game. Like, y'all have to field goal We were starting to implode, though. Like, we were starting to implode. Penalty after penalty after penalty, we were going for it. And I was like, God, what are you guys doing? Some of those penalties were BS, too. Like, I'll admit. The roughing the passer with Basham. Oh, that made me so mad. I hate seeing that kind of stuff. Because, like, even though I'm a Vikings fan, like, I don't want that to be happening in the NFL. Like, that ruins the game. When you're getting called on. With the Bengals and Jets, Denise is like killing him over that game, and it, it was a really bad call. But it just—it's part of the game. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it it at the end of the day, like it was a good game. Uh, I I wish Dak would have played, so we would have really saw you know what we had. But it is what it is, and I'm sure we'll be playing again. And, and it's usually always a dogfight, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. At least I will say this: like in twenty. 20, 2019, maybe it was. Dak played one of his best games from that date, like I'd ever seen him play, and it still wasn't good enough to beat y'all because we kept calling the run at the end. So to me, it was like um, it, it it just shows that like the progression that Dak has gotten better. But that was one of the first games where I was like, man, Dak played out of his mind, and it still wasn't good enough to win. So I mean, you've definitely had your moments against us too. So yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I love football, I love the Vikings. I'm not going to ever give up on them no matter what. This is different than the WWE for me. I still care about the Vikings. This The second that I'm so – that I get – like there's a difference between being angry because you want something like to be better and just not caring anymore. And like I'm at the point I'm not caring anymore with the WWE, for instance. But like the Vikings, I still get really passionately angry because I know how good this team is. And, and, and the Cowboys are a really good team. And all the teams we've lost to this year – are good teams like yeah. we're in, in it's this year and last year all these games we're losing by one score on the last drive of the game whether we're kicking a field goal and making it or missing the field goal to lose it it's like comes down to something like that all the time and it, so it's like we're one play away from being a, a Super Bowl team and one play away from being Owen seventeen I mean it's yeah I'm just tired of the the waffling this. like just. The talent's there. We should be killing teams. Um, yeah. But I mean, y'all are now six and one. I mean, that's. Yep. I mean, and we've got Denver at home and then Atlanta. So I mean, we could be eight and one. And, Von Millerless Denver. Yep. Yep. That was and wild. It, yeah, that one. That one was a. You know, but it, it's one of those things too, where like teams fall in love with names so much. And it's like, what has his production really been? And I, yes, they 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 had to give up a second and third, but like they don't have a first round pick, they don't have a second round pick, they don't have a third round pick, they only have like a fourth round pick and like two sevens. Like it's a disaster for their draft picks, but they go all in on veteran players. Which I think so, is, I, I wouldn't you rather have that though? Like if you had a team like you have right now, like the Vikings do and the Cowboys do, and like you're ready to win right now, I would yeah. much rather sell out for one Super Bowl and like know the next like five to ten years might be kind of screwed, but like get the Super Bowl now. 
But here's the thing. Would you trade CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, and trade and Trayvon Diggs for Von Miller? Because that could be what you're doing. I do, I do see your point there. But also, it's pretty rare that that would be – like, not every team is getting that lucky of getting, like – most of the time – not most of the time, but a lot of these rookies just don't really pan out either yeah you know that's some don't but i mean like you look at your justin jefferson right like if you would have gave up your first round pick in one year like you don't get justin jefferson you know you don't get dalvin cook i guess i'm not saying it's not the worst strategy but also you got to think too you get these players on the cheap too you get them for five years cheap if you get rid of that contract and then you you sign these veteran players they cost way more money so if there's an injury or anything you probably don't have a lot of depth to replace them so it, it's a catch and go. Yeah, and it's situational because I think like with the Rams, I think it's smart. But, because... but I mean, listen, like the Rams are definitely a threat, no doubt about it. I mean, the Rams, the Packers, Tampa Bay, and Arizona are, are what I'm keeping my eye on. Like they're they're the ones that are in our way for the number one seed. Well, and, and with Von Miller, this like particular trade, I you know his production, I'm sure, has gone down you know, since he was like a big name, but also like, he's going to be playing with uh like Darnold right there too. I mean, like, you know, like they're, it's going to open stuff up. Like sometimes it helps to have like really good people around you too, to get Definitely. your numbers back up. So, but I, I totally, I'm totally with you. The, the Justin Jefferson thing for us is a little different too, just because like we traded stuff on digs. So like, yeah. we, it was like, that's the reason we had that pick was for the digs trade. But I, yeah, I, if I, my, my thing is this, like, just like I was saying earlier, I just, when I look at teams like the Rams, I just get so jealous because I'm like, it's yeah. like young coach, like, yeah. like going out there, Matt Stafford, people were like, oh, is he still that good? Like Matt, it looks like Matt Stafford's pretty damn good. Like, yeah. I mean, like they got good Cooper cup and uh, that dude who caught two touchdowns on Sunday. I can't think of his name. Um, Woods. Woods. Yeah. Robert Woods. Woods. I mean, Robert yeah. Woods. Um, I mean, like they're, they're loaded. And they get so ahead that they're able to like sit their starters. I mean, like they just one, don't one worry thing, about it. One thing I'll give Cowboys a lot of credit for though, like literally every star player you see on that team, except Amari Cooper, we've drafted, we've drafted every single one of those players. And so like that, like, you know, Dak, Zeke, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Dalton Schultz, Cedric Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, like Zeke, Tony Pollard, the Cowboys drafted them all. And it's it's really worked out. They love the draft, and uh, they only pay their own, really. They very rarely pay other players to come in, unless they're cheap players, like a Javon Kerr, some Malik Hooker, or something like that. So Yeah, well, it's worked out really well for y'all then, for sure. Yeah, we we haven't had that same luck historically. Like, or we'll we'll do something like the Herschel Walker trade and then set another team up for. But you know, it's right. We're like Henry Ruggs today or last night ended up killing somebody in a drunk driving accident, and he was drunk. If the Raiders take C.D. Lamb instead, like our draft, our team is completely different. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. sometimes it's just luck, man. It's all it is because. Like it was CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Rugs. And the Raiders took uh Rugs, then the Broncos took um Jerry Judy, and then it left Dallas with CD Lamb. And nobody knew we were gonna take him because we just re-signed Amari Cooper. 
So it was like right there. Cause if someone knew we were going to take him, I think somebody would have jumped us in the draft. So a lot of it's just strategy too. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings draft hasn't been going too great over the years, but you know, we do get every a gem every now and then like a Justin Jefferson, but the, and Dalvin cook. Yeah. Um, but, and Daniil Hunter, Daniil Hunter was really good value. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I totally, I, man, I love that guy. I feel so, I feel so bad that he's going to be out for another, another like half a season like this. Like this is, yeah, it's a real bummer. That guy is a super freak athlete. Like, like yeah. that is like, that guy would be like Brock Lesnar in a fight. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. like, and, and he's running at you full speed with his arms up. I mean, that's gotta be terrifying. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, and that's the thing I show. I like to show love to these defensive players that they don't get talked about enough because those guys are out there putting in like the Vikings defense. Even though I didn't like our strategy in our game, where I thought, I thought we were playing too far back and letting y'all get too many yards when we shouldn't have, like our, our defense for the most part played pretty damn well outside of getting burned. Like a couple guys didn't play well, but like speaking like, of defense, what did you think of Micah Parsons? Yeah. <laughs> number 11 i yeah. mean yeah he had 11 tackles four for loss all uh, over the place yeah and then randy gregory the i mean that guy he's such a beast and we've kept him since 2015 and he has been suspended for weed like every year <laughs> until they made it legal and now he is just wreaking havoc he has five sacks he is he's killing it good for him so, and yeah blazing. Yeah, exactly. He's he, he's 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 the Nick Diaz of of uh, the NFL. Like, nice. and finally they just gave up and let him play. So, and he's he's such an intelligent guy. Like when you talk to him, he's such a super intelligent guy. He really, I really like him a lot. Like, I I really hope he's going to be a free agent. So I really hope we resign him. But I, I know how that goes with pass rushers. They're really expensive. So. Yeah. He sounds kind of like Ricky Williams. Like he was super misunderstood. Yeah. And when you hear him in like current interviews, you're like, no, this guy was just like way ahead of the game when it came to like knowing about this stuff. Yeah. And like his weed issue is not necessarily just because he wants to be like on High Times magazine. It's more so like he has some bipolar issues and some stuff like that. And so it helps him with that type of stuff. So it's uh it was one of those things that he basically needed and they kept outlawing it. So it was really tough for him, but now that they don't care, he's, uh, he's killing it. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I guess we can talk about wrestling now. Thanks for still sticking with the chat guys and going over our football. Uh, obviously Steven and I love football. So especially, I mean, we mainly love the NFL. It's not really a college thing. I don't thing, care but, about uh, college football at all. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you should hear his rant about college football. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I got love for my any, Georgia Southern Eagles, the college I went to. But like outside of that, I don't care about it at all. Yeah, I, I like high level uh, competition. So when it gets down to like college football playoffs, I like watching that. But like I don't I don't watch just on a Saturday, you know, plus I can't watch everything. I can't watch every wrestling, all the NFL, all that then like still be married. So at the end of the day, um, I have to pick and choose. But um but yeah, so anyways, Ring of Honor, um, when I first saw their little statement that they put out, I was like, this sounds like they're going out of business. Like, I, I wasn't buying the whole, like, we're going to rebrand and come back. And I didn't like necessarily the fact that, like, how they first basically label it was, is like, it's not safe enough to run shows and we'll just be back next year. 
And I really feel like that was a scapegoat that they weren't selling tickets very well. And they tried to say that it was due to the pandemic. So that kind of bothered me. And then when they made the announcement that they're like going to finish out the year and then like rebrand, um, that was interesting. And then when Meltzer dropped the bomb that everybody had been released out of their contracts, I was like, oh my God, like they're done. And I, I, I have very mixed feelings on it. But it also, what I kind of want to talk about is, to me, what it sounds like they want to do is be like a PWG on TV, be like a GCW type where there's not necessarily contracts involved, but they can bring in whoever they want to just like whoever's getting buzz, they bring in for a show and then they can put it on TV or ever, however they want to do that. In my opinion... I kind of feel like that's going to be the future of wrestling if you're not AEW or WWE. What do you think about that? Like the idea that like most of them will want to stay independent unless they are in. Like you're not just going to have just like wrestling companies that have contracted wrestlers anymore. Yeah, which at the end of the day really is like, what it all should be across the board with them being independent contractors. Like they can sign contracts, but it is weird how, like, I mean, I'm not going to get on a rant about the WWE, but the fact that like, they're basically being made to be employees, but they don't get any employee benefits really. And like, they're like this weird gray area between an independent contractor and an employee. That seems a little, some of the stuff's really off with the way that they do that, I think. But it's similar to the UFC, though. There's a lot of similarities, kind of. Yeah, for those. sure. Oh, the UFC ain't letting you do anything without their permission. Yep. But, uh, but I, yeah, I think so. And I think it's been trending that way anyway. Like, we've been seeing it a lot, like, in the last, you know, year or so. I know I've talked to you about it mainly, like, privately. But there were wrestlers that... I knew of that had been offered contracts with the WWE or at least verbal contracts to go try out and go to the performance center and all that stuff. And there was quite a few of them that like they would rather stay independent. Right. And um, it isn't and part of that. I'm sure has to do with like them not trusting like WWE creatively and all that stuff. But, you know, some of them I think maybe wouldn't have taken an AEW contract either. Like, I don't know. I think some people yeah. just really like, like that aspect of it, but that all being said, I do think that it really depends on which way Ring of Honor goes. Like, are they going to continue to try to do weekly TV? Because if they are, then I think that's a bad idea, honestly. Yeah, I, I think I think they should go the GCW route and do a big show every, like, two months or whatever and just get yeah. the best talent you can. It makes it a little difficult for champions. Like, you'd have to pick, you know, people to hold your titles that give you some sort of commitment that they're not going to take another booking instead of yours. Like when your big show comes around. Right. But So that's a whole other conversation of like, you know, cause I said this on, uh, on the distraction on the, on fightful today with Jeremy and, and Bob, I was saying, I think it'd be smart for ROH to start really trying to get some like commitments, not necessarily contracts, obviously, but just some like commitments from guys like Freddie Ahai or like Tracy Williams kinds of guys that like, that AEW might not be like honing in on right now that you think you can get, but that also wrestle the style of like what people expect out of ring of honor and that kind of stuff. Cause they're not going to be able to rely on like a guy like Jonathan Gresham. He's going to get, he's going to be everywhere now that his contract's up. Um, But, but I think that they should do like a really big show 
uh, for at the end of the year. Like any, like I think like Brian Danielson should be a part of it. I think they should get, you know, get past ROH wrestlers, do one big like final hurrah for ring of honor. And then they'll come back as like a rebranded thing uh, sometime next year, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, but like, to me, I can't imagine how impact isn't much further away, honestly, of, of the yeah. same position. And then to me, MLW, I think could be somewhat in the same position as well, where, and I'm not saying that like, this is going to happen overnight. I just think what's going to trend what's going to start to trend in my opinion is just shows like, did you see that Halloween show with the Wolves and Moxley? And, um, like, they had they had a bunch of people. Ninja Mac was on the show. It was, like, WR or something, Wrestling Revolver or whatever, maybe. Yeah, I haven't seen the show, but, yeah, I know what you're But you know what I'm about, talking yeah. about, right? But, like, I feel like that is the future of wrestling, where it's just going to be, like, big shows that catch buzz, but it's not necessarily going to be a certain company. And... I, I think it could be cool. The only thing I, I'm not so certain about is like wrestlers future, right? Like I saw Tony Deppin's tweet where basically he said that like, you know, due to something that recently happened, I think you guys know what it is or something like that. I need bookings. If this doesn't happen, I'm not going to be able to wrestle much longer. Like I do feel like people like a Rhett Titus or something like that, who was getting normal ROH checks, and now you're really just based on what you get booked is it is what's going to happen. But it kind of feels like Vince killed the territories and Tony Khan being able to be a strong number two is allowing the territories to kind of come back. Yeah, that's true. And, and obviously, like, I think like it goes without saying, like, obviously I, I feel bad for anyone who's in a position where like, you know, they were going to be getting this money from ring of honor and they were counting on it and their families were counting on it. And like, I don't yeah. want people to like not be able to work and to be like, I, I hate hearing that about someone like Tony Depp. And although he does, you know, great, I don't know why financially how, but like, you know, he's really spotlighted on GCW same with like, I got like Chris Dickinson and stuff like they, they're going to get work. But you know, do you think though, because of all these releases and all these, I mean, like, you're talking Bandito now, Briscoe's like going to GCW, like their spots are going to be getting limited in my opinion. I mean, that is a good point. Um, that's possible, but I feel like there's so many places that are doing well right now that like they'll have, right. but I mean, that that's not everybody. I mean, there are going to be people who are going to be left out and there's going to be production people who are probably not going to be with Ring of Honor that were before. And so, I mean, like, I feel bad for anybody who's like, whose livelihood is affected by this. But then at the same time, the other side of this is, is, I mean, Jonathan Gresham, Brian Danielson, like that's a total possibility now. Like there, oh, there, sure. there, there, there's like these huge matches all over the place because say anyone can say what they will about ring of honor. I know how you feel about Sinclair and, and you know, the you know, the last few years of the company, but like no one can deny there was a ton of wrestling talent that was with ring of honor like yeah. rock roxy is gonna be way more known now that ring of honor is done than she was well and I, I feel really bad for roxy though because she just won the title it's like she hit that new step in her career and then it's like ring of honor's going out of business yeah not business but you know what i mean like yeah shutting shutting shop down but like it also is kind of a cool thing too because at least she did get that milestone before they announced it so now people have their eyes on her 
But no, I think she's great. I would love to see her in AEW. Like if if I'm Tony Khan, I'm calling her. She's young. She could be a a future star. She's already really good in the ring. Um, I, I would definitely offer her a job if I was Tony Khan. Yeah, and you can market her in AEW as the only Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, although it was short, I mean, it's, um, it's true. But yeah, man, they got. It's going to be really interesting now that you know so many people are, because there's also like someone like Silas Young, even for instance. Like, I feel like he would be great for the WWE. Like I I don't I, you know I think he would I honestly like in a good way I'm not making fun of I actually like Silas Young a lot but I no, feel no. like with his size and his look and you know the whole I feel like the WWE can make a character out of him you know yeah. what I mean like so I feel like there's kind of it's exciting well, like when they it. announced this about ROH like I just thought man like if they were still running NXT like they actually were before like yep. terrible timing like terrible timing. Because you could assign so many of these ROH guys and filled it with NXT and like it would have had a whole new buzz. You start doing takeovers with NXT with all these new ROH guys like they would be in way better shape than what they are right now. And if you're looking at the demographic number on NXT 2.0, like they're losing that 18 to 49 demographic big time, big time. So um yeah it's a new direction but i I think people think it's lame for the most part i think old people and stuff are watching it because it's wrestling on tv but at the end of the day like i don't think people are thoroughly enjoying nxt 2.0 yeah i mean i haven't watched i watched it last week actually it was the only time i've watched outside of takeovers all year and it was because they were doing the Braun breaker title match and i just wanted to see what the hype was about and I got yeah. so disappointed. Like Kyle O'Reilly was just like a nameless, faceless lumberjack in one of the matches and stuff. Yep. I was like, oh my God. Um, and I'm sorry, y'all. Like Braun Breaker is not good. Like he looks he looks like he can be. Like he shows like, he shows a lot of potential. But, but like see, if, you're, if, you're, if, all, if all your chips are in as WWE fans, like this is the guy. Like it's all <laughs> about this guy. Like I'm I mean, it might wind up being that, but like I would completely count on that at this point. Like there's but a lot of work to be thing. done. Here's my thing, Steven. A lot of these fans are old school fans they've been watching since like the beginning, right? And a lot of those fans were Steiner fans, sure, right? So, was I. so exactly. So you're watching this kid and you're like, man, this kid reminds me of the Steiners, right? But he's green and he's right. got work to do. But but here's the problem: they won't acknowledge he's a Steiner, <laughs> and then he's not ready. But it's like they're so excited just to have somebody that has potential that they want to be like, oh, pick him and just shoot him to the moon because he has potential. Like there's so many people in that company just that they view that don't even have potential. So just when they see like a glimmer of hope, they're like, oh my God, yes, him, this guy, this Steiner, not Steiner guy right yeah. there. Or the, or like the not Brock Lesnar guy who is now like, got a shaved head and the whole deal. I legitimately, I don't know anything about Parker Bordeaux outside of that. He played football in college right? and he looks like Brock Lesnar. But didn't he like have a personality on Twitter and stuff? Like I remember he had a person on Twitter. I remember he followed me on Twitter because he said like, if you follow me, I'll follow you back. He would be talking about wrestling. 
And now he he's just this non-personality, no character, head shave, Antifa looking dork. And like, what what are you doing? What yeah, are you I, doing? I legitimately laughed out loud when I saw it uh, for the first time. I was like, oh my god! I was like, this. I was like, wait a second. This was supposed to be like the next Brock Lesnar that people were talking about. This guy, like, what? Like, I mean, so. But but back back on on topic of like Ring of Honor though it yeah. is, I I think part of I guess uh if this is any kind of glimpse into what the future of Ring of Honor might look kind of like it may be a little promising still because I'm sure you saw they're doing the Briscoes versus Effie and AJ Gray for the yep. GCW titles on yep. Ring of Honor so. I think you're going to see more of that kind of stuff. Maybe Ring of Honor becomes a hub where you have like a GCW title on the line, like a subtitle, an action title. Like yeah. Maybe you get the IWTV title. And as like, long as they can just get distribution for it, they don't care, right? Exactly. As long as they can put it on their networks, they're all for it. So maybe they can like get a collection of like champions from like independent territory, like current independent territories. Well, and, and that's my thing. I just shows. feel like the indies are about to really blow up because there's only so many places these people can go. And then it's yep. like these big shows that people are just going to be having. I feel like people are going to have big shows every week. It's just going to just be nonstop. And it's just going to be a crazy booking thing because I, I I feel like the future of wrestling is just going to be a bunch of top that, honestly, like this was a great show. Now watch this show. And this was great. Now see this, like, and, and and I think that that's great. Yeah, I mean that's what it's all about. Like, I mean that would be ideal if we had a situation like that. Um, and also, I mean this is we don't have to talk about this. I just want to throw this out there. And I know it won't happen, but especially now, this is when if you're WWE and you have any goodwill that you want in the wrestling world uh, for fans like myself and Doug people who've been watching for 30 plus years that were loyal fans up until, you know, recent years, they need to start a partnership with these other companies too. I know they yeah. won't do it, but like that would be massive if they could talent exchange with, you know, if, if you, if you could lend a Roman reigns out, and in return, you get a Kenny Omega, Jonathan Gresham. You get access to Daniels. I mean, like this would be, it would be, it would get me to watch the WWE again. Cause I'd be like, Oh, people I like are on the show again. And like, they're doing something different. Like, yeah. but I know they won't do that, but I wanted to throw that out there. Like, I, I feel like when, when I was talking to earlier today about like a potential ROH super show, one of the first names I thought of was Samoa Joe. And I was like, if he can wrestle and they're not doing anything with him, like, let him go and do do a match on the last R8 show or something. But like you yeah. know they won't let him do it. But every other nope. company would let someone I guarantee 100%. you they'll let they'll let Danielson go and, and stuff. I mean yeah. So it's it's and, and there was a glimpse of it two years ago when when NXT brought in Jushin Thunder Liger to wrestle Tyler Breeze and he was right. contracted to New Japan. It was like you could tell Triple H wants to be a part of this, but like it isn't his decision. The the so, cruiserweight classic was Zack Saber Jr. and Kota Ibushi and all that like that was huge. It really was. That was a great tournament. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean that's a really really good point that they were doing stuff like that, and now it's like they're just back in their own bubble and 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 you know. And just, honestly, like I feel like they're way back in their own bubble. 
I mean, like when you looked at that tournament matches for the Queen of the Ring and you saw the time, like a minute, two minutes, three minute matches for each women's match, like we're going way back here. Like it, it, it's just, it, it baffles me. Like, and, and, and at the end of the day, like there's just nothing, there's no reason to stress over this. This is just what Vince wants. This is what Vince wants to do. And it, it's not even like, like before, like, you know, if you go back and watch that dark side of the ring with Vince McMahon, right? Like on the steroid trial, it's like, mm-hmm. that's an alpha. That's an alpha male. That's a guy that was just like, I could own the world. When they called him out on that lie, when Dave Meltzer called him out on that lie on national TV, and he was just like, (laughs) and then they tried to act like that he sent these mob guys to like whack that dude for doing it, which I'm not, I'm not really believing that, but whatever. Anyways, I I just think that like Vince had a presence about him that like, you don't mess with me. I run the show and like, but I don't feel that with him anymore. I just feel like he's just like, what can make us more money? What's our corporate interest? Like, what do we need to do? Okay, we'll do this. Like, he's just playing by numbers almost. Well, it was the guy we we're talking about from back then is like, this is also, you know, right before WCW got hot. So we saw Vince turn it up like even way higher throughout like the the late 90s. And obviously the Mr. Man character was like an exaggeration of, of him and everything. But like, right, you had this just testosterone fueled like i'm gonna fight this other cop i'm gonna like 100 like ted turner wants to come at me like yep. i'll show i'll show y'all what wrestling is like 100 percent. and now he's an old man with three granddaughters like i mean yep. he probably he's probably I, I i'm not even exaggerating he probably runs these ideas by his granddaughters at dinner and they're like yeah that yeah a, a doll wrestling yeah that'd be I would want to see that. And Vince is like, all right, well, I know what all the little kids want. Well, all the little girls want to watch. So I'm going to put this right. up. And then there's like 30 year old men like us sitting around going, what the hell has this become? Like, this looks like a yeah. kid show, but it's probably because yeah. it's, it's, he's writing it to, because it's something his granddaughters would like. I mean, but, just, but then totally I feel like, now. but then I feel like he's talking to maybe like a teenager and being like, oh, what's cool there, you know? And then like, okay, I'll give you that too. And then like, I'm going to also give you what I like. So I got everybody in here. And it's like, it's not catered to anybody Pacific. It's just like trying to reach everybody. And it's just this big cluster mess. Like that, that's, and it just comes off lame. It comes across as like that dad that's like trying to be cool but he's not anymore. And like, but his kids, like he's trying to connect with his kids, but his kids thinks he's lame. Like that's, that's what this is. It's like yeah. dad jokes and just like, you're just, uh, it's not cool anymore, Vince. Like, this is stupid. You know, I'm sure you've like seen that- the meme, the, the, how do you do fellow kids meme? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like that. It's like, man, you just don't, it's, he's just a totally different guy now. Like imagine, imagine if like Dana, right? All of a sudden was just like, how much money will we get? Will we lose if we, if we uh, just decide not to still go like be, we're still not political. If we, if we stay politically correct or if we're no longer politically correct, we keep it that way. Like how much money we're losing. Okay. Well, never mind. We're going to censor our guys. 
we're going to all of a sudden uh, make sure that everything is like good with our corporate sponsors and we're not going to push the envelope anymore. Like you would just think like, dude, Dana, you fell off. You're not the same guy anymore. And that's exactly what Vince is, in my opinion, at this point. Like, I just think that he's just a completely different person now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you were talking before about like if they were to talk to like, I was saying like, if you talk to like his granddaughters about what they would want and like teenagers, I feel like he'd be like really receptive to like knowing what little kids and, and preteens want and like maybe even their grandparents. But if you were to ask like me, be like, what do you want out of wrestling? And I gave him the answers of pretty much the things that I see on AEW on a consistent basis. He just called me a mark. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you'd just be like, yep. oh, you're, you're you're too old to care this much about wrestling." You know what I right. mean? Like, like so I, I I just don't think that they care. I, I will say I I've heard they had some good matches on Raw last night, so I'm I'm happy to hear that that I, I saw some clips of uh, Dominic Dijak or Donovan Dijak or whatever they call. I saw him, him go Mark. through the table. I saw him go through the table. I, I looked like he had a pretty good match. I mean, like it looks yeah. like they're gonna let him let him be him a bit more because he was tearing it up on the indies before he got signed. And and it, and it looks like it looks like the in-ring product may may start getting a bit better. And if it does on a consistent basis, that's all I'm asking for. If if like yeah. a month from now, you know, all I'm seeing on Twitter is like banger matches and like stories that don't involve dogs or or Nickelodeon gack or any of this kind of stuff, then then like I'll tune in again. Like it's not right. easy. Just give me something I want to see. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um, but 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 honestly, when we're talking independent wrestling, when we're talking about all these new shows that could be possibly coming up, I mean, New Japan hasn't even come back yet, like in a in a strong way. Like when all that's starting to happen, I might not have time for WWE, just being honest. Like I I, I only can pick pick and choose and uh, there's so much out there right now. I mean, AEW definitely keeps my attention. I'm so glad it's back on Wednesdays. I hated it on Saturdays. Like, I I, I watched it. I didn't miss it no matter what, right? But it, it's definitely become such a habit to get it on Wednesdays. So I love the fact that it's back on Wednesdays. Um, and, you know, it, I, I, it feels weird that full gear is next week. I don't feel like that necessarily the build has been there. I feel like it kind of got rushed, but I'll, I also feel like full gear is always going to be one of those pay-per-views where it's going to be a little off because it's not going to be on Sundays because they're never going to go against the NFL. And it's, it's in that November time where it's not necessarily that big of a wait from the last pay-per-view. And it's also the last pay-per-view of the year but there's still time before the end of the year. You know what I mean? So it's just a, it's a weird time. I think by the time that it gets here though, it's going to be a banger. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for it, but it just kind of feels like it's weird because we've waited so long for hangman and Kenny, but I don't feel like hangman and Kenny like build up peak is hit. Like, I, I feel like that there needs to be like, uh, not a, necessarily a contract signing, but one more like fire face off promo, one more of like Hangman really showing that he's ready for this this match, something like that. I'm sure we'll get that tomorrow. Yeah, um, either tomorrow or next week. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I there's a comment from 49ers fan for life. I want to uh, highlight uh, real quick about Eric. 
<laughs> yeah, it says, uh, didn't AEW have zombies and grown men acting like Ghostbusters? I'm sure that's in uh, basically in response to me saying I don't want to see uh, dolls and Nickelodeon Gak and those kind of things. Yeah. The difference is that the wrestlers and the AW fan base are self-aware about this stuff. Like the, the elite are goofy over the top dress up crazy. Like Kenny is super over the top. Like and that's yes. who he is. And yes. we all know that. And he knows that and they're self-aware. There's a difference between being self-aware and everybody being in on the joke versus like actually being made to believe that a doll has powers that are causing you to lose matches. Like Charlotte Flair, people can say whatever they want about her. One of the best <laughs> in-ring talents in the world, right? She was feuding with a freaking doll. Like yeah. and the, a doll that she was scared of. The doll was making Shayna Baszler run away and and, and scream in fear. Like that's, that's the difference is like self-awareness and everyone being in on the joke versus being an adult and watching a doll terrorize an MMA fighter. Like that's the difference. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, like, like they, the, everyone, it's like everyone's in on the joke with the elite. Like they're, we're not necessarily laughing at them. We're laughing with them. Yes. You know what I 100%. mean? Like, and, and what people just don't get with the elite is they are being so over the top on purpose. They're doing that to get on your nerves. They're doing that to get heel heat because I hate to break it to you, but they're so damn good and they're so damn cool that they have to do that for you to hate them. Like at the end of the day, otherwise you're going to be the biggest Kenny Omega fan. You're going to be the biggest young buck fan. It's going to happen because we've all been there, but you're starting to question if you're a fan or not because Kenny's acting ultra goofy or Nick has a nose ring connected to like yeah. his hat. And like, <laughs> it's just so over the top. Right. And, but, but at the end of the day, like come pay-per-view, they're going to kill it. They always do. And we also know that this storyline is heading in a different direction, right? Like, that this isn't always who they're going to be. This is just what they need to be at this time. And let's be honest, if if they were just a cool elite and Hangman was just kicked out of the club, right, this would not have the same impact. Hangman wouldn't be as over. Hangman wouldn't feel as big of a baby face. It's because these guys seem like bullies. It's because these guys seem like such cocky jerks that they need to get they need to get their come ups right. So I mean, that's that's what this is all about. Yeah, and and for everyone saying about like the Ghostbusters and all, it, it was a Halloween episode. Like, I mean, I mean, there there's like the, the I'm I might be alone. Let me know in the chat if you agree or not. But like, as somebody who grew up in the '90s, when they put those proton packs on and Kenny yelled out "shell shocked" and they all did jumping back, they all backed into. Uh, I can't remember who it was Jungle Boy, whoever was in the ring. Um, they they did that 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 Ninja Turtles four way shell shot. I marked out so hard for that. I was like, oh my god! Like I can't believe they actually just did that. Like that's yeah, that's like playing, but it's also playing into our fan base and our generation. The only people who are going to oh, get a you mean playing into Turtles. the demographic that they try to get every single week, the eighteen Ex- to forty nine demographic. Exactly. Like yeah. like the only. The only way you're going to get that reference is if you were into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the Secret of the Ooze. 
like which and and hey guess what i'm into it um no oh boy i mean i may or may not have oh gee a kevin nash super shredder right here (laughs) so i'm just saying like that that was all right up my alley so yeah i loved it and to me it's okay because it's a one-time thing right like They dress up as the Ghostbusters. They don't dress up like the like the Ghostbusters every single time. Right. They dress up for Space Jam. Space Jam dropped. They did a cool thing. It's fine. They dress up for Street Fighter because it was video games. They were at a, a cyber whatever the thing was. I don't remember what it was called, but they were at a video game show, like a video game con. So they dress up as Street Fighter, right? Like they, this is just stuff that fits the theme. That's all it is. Yeah. So, but if you didn't like it, I understand as well. I'm just saying, like, there are a lot I of people. Think, that don't I, like trust it. me, we we like our serious wrestling, and and honestly, this is going to kind of segue into Brian Danielson because yeah. I feel like that if you're into serious wrestling, if you're into just banger matches every single week, if you're into a guy that just takes his craft so seriously and brings out the best out of everyone, I mean, he's hit a home run in my opinion. Yeah, a thousand percent. Sean's mentioning in the chat, very good point. For the live crowd, the main event that they saw was Eddie Kingston and Daniel and Brian Danielson, and that match was incredible. Yeah. So, like, oh, we got let's get to some super chats real quick before we jump into Danielson. Oh yeah, for sure. Ma- make sure uh, to if y'all send those super chats, we read out every single one, put them up on the screen for y'all. So uh, make sure. To also, send those if you in. haven't, you're enjoying the conversation, hit that like button. We got 38 people in here right now, so I really appreciate you guys tuning in. So smash that like button, and help us out. It's dirty. What's up, man? Thanks for coming back. Yes, um, sir. What was your opinion on New Jack as a talent? So I think he was really good on the mic. I think he had a really good presence about him. I don't think he was necessarily like the greatest in the ring, but I also think he was crazy. He had a little Jeff Hardy in him. And I, like I had never seen dives like that before. So when I like, I just remember the natural born killer song and him just going crazy. And it was usually guaranteed to have like a crazy spot fest dive. And like, that's really all I needed from him. And honestly, like going back to his old smoky mountain wrestling days is where I really saw some of his fire promos. Those ones were wild. Well, he and, was in some uh, dangerous territory there. With, yeah, like, the things he but, was saying, where he was saying, I'm like that, those crowds. But, but that's that's beautiful. Oh no, I no, I agree. I'm stuff. just saying, like that was ballsy to be ballsy, doing that. big time. Yeah, but but I love that type of stuff, and uh, I I I do think that um, I I don't know as a person or whatever, but as a, a wrestling talent, I think he could have been in the WWE or something like that. Just as talent wise, I think he could have definitely had some type of gimmick. That would have worked, but at the end of the day, I, I I think he was talented enough. He's a good pro wrestler, um, had a really good presence about him. Yeah, I agree that he was a really good promo. He was very, very believable. Um yes. but I will say, and people probably don't expect me to say this, I'm not a new Jack fan because I I don't I don't like the liberties he took with with some oh, of these wrestlers rude. at all. Um there is a difference between like protecting the business and like all this kind of stuff, but like to whip out a taser on your opponent who has no idea that you have a taser or to bring a shank to the ring in your, in your pocket and to, to stab your opponents who, who are willingly letting you do things to them. And they don't know they're going to get stabbed. And even if they do, there's nothing they can do about it at that point. There was the one guy that he like really messed up that 
New Jack would have wound up in jail. And then apparently he told the guy that he'd get him a trial with the WWE if he didn't press charges. And then he just never talked to the WWE about him after this guy, like basically got him out of jail. I mean, I, I, and it's going to be controversial to say, cause I know he has a, a very loyal following, but like, uh, New Jack is a human being. I guy had no time for at all. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he's one of the few wrestlers in history. I'll say that about. Um, right. But but like if you go back and watch some old ECW, it is fun to watch that guy go out there, natural born killers, with the you know shaking his knees and doing the the gunpowder smoke uh, guitar shots and yep. and like you said, I've never seen somebody take dive like that before. Uh, right. New Jack. So. From that perspective, it was it was very it was innovative and entertaining in a lot of ways. But like once you know about the behind the scenes stuff and the I mean he admitted he literally tried to kill Vic Grimes, like yeah. a guy who made a mistake two years prior. Yeah. That you know it's not like he wanted to land on the concrete the way he did either. And to I mean so it's like man you're out you're out here talking about and then, yeah someone mentioned the mass transit. I mean like just the yeah. literally trying like. It's 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 strange to me when I see a guy get interviewed and he's like getting giddy talking about the idea that he can murder someone and get away with it. Like I also I I really feel like that he has killed somebody before. Like honestly, he just kind of comes across as somebody like that. And I also think that some of his stories are definitely like over exaggerated and maybe he might even have never meant to do it, but then he just wants to say like, Oh yeah, I meant to do it. And what about it? You know what I mean? Like, so I do think there's part of it there, but like, if you're looking for him as like a role model, like you're, you're in the wrong place. Like the guy was, was crazy. And I understand why he couldn't make it in the WWE or any big company like that. But I do think talent wise, he had it. He just, he, he just was was gone. But I will say this, right? His dark side of the ring is fascinating, right? It is, it is very interesting. And this is the thing. Like, we like movies with dark characters. We like the villains. We like people that are uh, a little bit wired differently, right? Sometimes the darker, the better in movies. But, like, when it comes to, like, real people, it's like... We just want to just say, I don't want to associate with, I don't want anything to do with this person, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, the story is still fascinating. Like, whether it was good or bad. Like, like the XPW thing, I thought the story was fascinating. I thought yeah. the guy was a total piece of garbage. But, like, blown away that this stuff actually happened. Like, could not believe it. Do you know XPW returns this weekend? Yeah, fight TV with with, with him. No, but it, oh, I don't know wrestling wise, but it's like it's that raw black dude is like running oh it again. Oh my god! In twenty twenty one, like I think that you, I think they used the dark side episode as basically an advertisement to return. How? Like how? And I think that they. Saying. This is the funny thing, right? This is how stupid cancel culture is. Is I think that they advertise Marty Scroll to be there. And people threw such a fit that he was going to be there that they had to pull him off the card. But you don't have a problem with anything else? You don't have a problem with Rob Black running a wrestling promotion? Are you kidding me? Yeah, so I, I'm reading the description from Fight TV right here. By the way, some of the, some of the people I'm seeing on this poster 
looks like Willie Mack, Brian Cage, G Raver, Schlack, uh, Colin Delaney, uh, M Dog, or Matt Cross. Um, so I mean, there's some names on this thing, but you would think Tony would not like Brian Cage involved in this. I mean, I don't know how what Brian Cage's relationship with Tony Khan is right now either. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I feel like this is like poking poking the bear here. Rhino and Casey Navarro is Aaron and Casey Navarro Casey on the show. But it says wow. after 18 long years, XPW and its mastermind founder Rob Black are back on November 7th. I mean, like he's advertised as being involved with this thing. Who will become the first world champion since the franchise? Shane Douglas. <laughs> oh wow, that'll be interesting just to see what happens. But like. I mean, it sounded to me like there was no bigger piece of garbage than Rob Black. Like, that guy was a horrible human being. And, like, he didn't get to say his side of the story, and I get that. But, but man, uh, that's that's rough. And in yeah. 2021, I just – how? And it's in California, right? Is that where it's going to be? Uh, I didn't look, but I think so. I, I remember – <clears throat> a couple weeks and it all makes sense now but a couple weeks ago there was a wrestler can't remember who it was i don't want to miss miss uh represent anybody but somebody there was a wrestler i really liked that was on twitter that was like apologizing that was like hey i took this booking and i'm not gonna be at that show i didn't i did not i do not want to be associated with the guy i didn't know that this guy has cut someone's finger off before yeah. and and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And then, like, the Dark Side Ring came out, like, a t- couple weeks later. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is what he was talking about. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, you must have taken a booking with this guy. And I was like, but, wait, this guy still books shows? And that's when I found out, like, oh, they're redoing XPW and the whole deal. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Or the we'll fact see. that they made the dude, like, handcuff him behind and just take chair shots to the head. Like, that that's so messed insane. Up. No, like, so messed up. There's there's just so much of that that's crazy to me. But but wow. Okay. Whatever. Right. It's coming back. What else we got for super chats? Uh Sean, awesome. Thank you so much for super chat. Um, great to catch you guys live. Kingston Dan- Danielson killed it. Yeah, I thought it was great. And it kind of seems like we're gonna get Eddie Kingston and CM Punk at full gear. That's what it's hell, looking like. Hell yeah. And I'm I'm all for that. Totally um, down. I really like the promos between Eddie Kingston and, and Brian Danielson as well. Um, I I thought it was awesome. You see what Mox said too? Like he said, Mox and Eddie Kingston were like uh, like at Gorilla when he was heading down there, and they were like beat his vegan whatever grocery store shop and ass. And uh, like it just makes me wonder, like like what kind of competition level is going on right now in AEW to where like, like it's, it's healthy competition. I'm not saying it's bad, but I really feel like the guys really want to go out there and prove themselves and they're, they're going to war in there. Yeah. Well, I think a big part of it is when you have guys like Brian Danielson come into the company and they're like, okay, this is a, this is all a a new level now. Like what we're doing, like, and everyone's game has to, has to raise and i think that they're leaning more not that they necessarily have to go all in on as like a heel or baby face in aew because they do a really good job of like playing whatever side like it doesn't really matter as long as the matches are good but 
you can tell there's more of like a heel and darker side coming for Mox and Kingston. Like you can, you can tell that they're some sort of heel turn, maybe a full on heel turn for both guys. I think it's going to be hard to get people to boo Moxley, but he's so like him back in like CZW and stuff. Like that guy can be completely insane. Like yeah. they, they, like there's a way, I think he's good enough that he could get people to boo him, but he's so over that like it might it might take a second but like first impression when i heard his voice i thought like i'm talking about dean ambrose wwe like i wasn't paying attention to john moxley in the indies i remember the one thing he had with mick foley backstage at wrestlemania and i was like who is this psycho like why is he giving mick foley crap you know what i mean yeah and i didn't necessarily know he was under a developmental deal in wwe or whatever but i remember like when I heard him, I was like, oh, this guy is going to be a great heel. Like, that's immediately what I thought. He had this crazy, like, psycho voice to him, very, like, raspy and deep. And just, like, it just was so much different than anybody else. And he was also, like, just kind of, like, nonchalant. And I was like, this dude is a psycho. This dude will be a great heel. And I feel like we've never seen it yet still like even when he turned a bad guy in wwe i mean it was wwe's version of it he hated it like it was trash like wearing a gas mask and talking about how all the city smelled but i kind of feel like he's already showing signs of it he's getting a little tired of these games he wants his title shot he's not getting it he's just kind of fed up with everything and then i feel like brian danielson is going to beat him which is going to cost him a title shot and i feel like that he's going to get pissed off and i and i just feel and honestly he could be adam page's next challenger he could be the heel and page could be the face i, I don't know but i do think it's interesting yeah and i think it's also possible that moxley like cheats like really badly to beat Danielson. Like that could happen too, to like yeah. establish him as a heel and then get him to, I mean, that's the great thing with AEW though, is like, there's so many ways they can go with all this stuff and they're all good. Like, <laughs> so I, it well, doesn't even really like matter. a dynamite match. We could easily get CM Punk and Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston and Moxley. Yeah. Like a tag team match which I think would be an amazing dynamite main event. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, like I actually would rather just personally, I'd rather Kingston and, and uh, Moxley be in the tag team title mix right now. Like I think them yeah. as tag team champions would be pretty badass. Them versus Lucha brothers would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot of options. I really, I wasn't necessarily a, a big fan of like the uh, three man uh, belts, but I really think they should do it. I think it's different. And I think that they have so many people that they could pull it off. Yeah, I, I just think they need to do something. I agree, by the way. But I think that uh, the only time I get a little bit thrown off by that idea, although you know, Ring of Honor did a pretty good job about it and stuff, is like obviously the like this is just me in my own head. But I feel like if you're a team of three why wouldn't also just like two of the three of y'all just like also go for the tag team titles? Like, like if you're such a good three person team, like you could also be the, cause even like the WWE, like trios share the, ta- the, the two titles and stuff. So like, I but, can see that, but I just feel like that it's so deep that like, yeah, that's true. If, 
And if you already have the belts, like you shouldn't even be thinking about the tag titles because you're the champions of these belts. And then when you lose that, then you go on to the tag titles or whatever. Plus, yeah. there's always ways when, when, whenever there's a group and they break up, that opens up a whole new line of storylines and feuds and everything. So if you had these three-man tag titles and they break up, then that opens up a whole whole can of things. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And also, AEW, they know what they're doing, too. So it's like one of these things where, like, if they can make it pretty, pretty much the vibe of what you just said, where it's like, why would the tag champions go? Like, they're concerned about defending their tag team titles like they're not even thinking about the trios titles like right and vice versa with the trios champions so they, they'd well, have a way to look at the it. tnt title and the championship right like the tnt guy usually isn't going for the championship and he he would want it but it's like yeah. he's focused on being the tnt champion it's a very fair point and they've done a really good job of making the tnt title almost on the same level as the world title so yeah 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 good stuff what, what yeah else? so so, so I think we have some uh, more super chats. I think we have one more um, from Michael. Michael, man, your Patriots are kind of turning around, looking pretty good. I went ahead and picked their defense up on fantasy. They're starting to. I think they've won two in a row. Two in a row now. They're doing pretty good. Um, who you guys expect to go over in the MG, MJF and Darby feud? I'm thinking Darby wins, and we get the Wardlow face turn at full gear. I think the Wardlow face turn is definitely happening soon. They've really been hitting at it. And uh, that makes sense. That honestly makes sense. Somehow Wardlow cost MJF the match and Darby wins. But I could also see MJF winning. Like it could go either way. I, I'm enjoying this feud, like storyline wise and everything. I think this is a good one. Yeah, this is a great feud. I think the match is going to be awesome. Um, yep. and it's one of these where like, I like, regardless of who wins, like I, neither guy's going to get hurt by this. Like, it's right. like, cause you know, they're going to do it the right way. Um, I, I don't like the idea of MJF losing and it's just yeah. because I see him as like, I really feel like unless they pivot with like an Adam Cole or like a CM Punk or something like that, but. I really, I really feel like MJF's the right guy to beat Hangman eventually to, to become the champion. Because I feel like MJF really should be the world champion sometime within the next year, year and a half. Like he's like, you have a real opportunity with that guy um, as a major heel. But here's at the, the same thing, time, though, here's the only thing though: like mm-hmm. you've got Danielson and Punk in their forties, and like MJF is twenty five. So it's like, do you just keep MJF there until those guys are ready to go? Or do you just go ahead and push MJF and then just kind of keep those guys on the back burner? Well, they don't necessarily have to be on the back burner because I could see them wrestling MJF, those guys. No, I agree. But, like, do you think that Punk or Danielson should be champion at any point? um, I don't. If I had to choose between the two, it definitely Danielson, Danielson over, yeah. over Punk. But I think the obviously the story that we all want to see at this point is like Punk turning heel on Hangman for being an alcoholic and all this stuff, and that and that could be a really really good storyline for a title feud. Um, like that'd be a great way to turn CM Punk heel, if especially if Hangman has the title. So like, the, but do I necessarily need to see? I, I'd probably prefer to see Hangman beat CM Punk if they were to wrestle for the title. Cause but you gotta Dan- think like if punk beats Eddie, I think he's six and oh, 
Yeah. So it's like it, he's got to be getting close to being a, a top contender. Yeah. No, I I agree. But at the same time, like Danielson, yeah, I think Danielson's on a whole different level than Punk is. Like Danielson is he's just like that guy legitimately probably is the best in-ring wrestler in the world right now. Again. So like I think I think that that's the thing, right? 2022 is the is the year of Danielson in my opinion. Like he's going for the throne as wrestler of the year. He's now actually able to do that. Um people will be like, "Well, WWE you can do that." Eh, it's a little bit different. And you can even just tell in the style of his wrestling that it's different. Like he is much more of a badass. He is not necessarily the underdog type that he was in the WWE. And I think that that's very like obvious. And I think Vince really wanted to make sure that Brian never looked overly dominant in his matches. I think that that was a purpose. And now it's like he can really just go out there and just do whatever he wants to do in the ring and really deliver. And I mean, the Suzuki match, the Kenny match, the Eddie Kingston match. I mean, it's just Omega. It, Oh, oh yeah i mean you have um and it's basically anybody that they put him in there with it's gonna be great like he's yeah. just he's just delivered and uh i think he's had an amazing run so far and i'm super excited to when he really gets to open the forbidden door and gets to wrestle those type of guys like we saw a glimpse of it with suzuki and it was awesome um i just but but i i almost feel like making him champion isn't the worst idea either. I don't either. I mean, especially if it has to do with the forbidden door more, like if he's going to go out there and he's going to be the one representing AEW against, you know, champions from other companies or something like that. Like Danielson's probably the best person you could have do that. But it's, I mean, it's all just depends on the timeline and, and what the, how they want to, how they want to do all this. But I, I think at that in the immediate future, I think it's like, you obviously like hangman has to win against omega on uh, at full gear he has to um when it comes to the the darby and mjf match i think if mjf if mjf's going to lose it has to be because wardlow cost him right like that's the only way i think it's okay for mjf to lose cuz then you do mjf and wardlow mjf beats him or or whatever i mean they can make it hard to wardlow too there's a lot of things you can do but mjf needs to be protected to a certain degree because he needs to be in your world title mix. I mean, he's just he's just too valuable. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but a- after that, it's all like, would I be upset if Danielson was the champion? Absolutely not. But they they first we have to get to Hangman with the belt because like that's that's been a literal three year build that they need that they're they're gonna need to pay off at the yep. pay per view. So um, where they go from there. Once again, there's a ton of options. Hey, man, can have the title for six months. They can do all saying. the things, all the things we just talked about. I yeah, mean, and that's the thing is that's I, I don't necessarily think Hangman needs this like year long title reign. You know what I right. mean? I think I think I think they do need to be somewhat observant that you know, hey, these guys are only going to be here for so long. Let's really take advantage of this whole thing. And but I do think the story requires Hangman to beat Kenny for the title. I definitely think that needs to happen. Um, but there's so much that could happen. And I mean, we didn't even talk about it, but like now all these ROH guys are free. So top guys that you want to see in AEW. I mean, for me, the Briscoes is probably number one. 
I want. And then Gresham is like right there behind him, them. And then, I mean, Bandito would be cool. Um, Dragon Lee, I'm pretty sure he's still under contract with New Japan. So, I mean, he could pop up, but it wouldn't be the same. Uh, but I mean, and like I said, I would love to see Roxy. Would absolutely love to see Roxy in the women's division. But uh, there's only so many spots, man. There's so much. There's so much going on now. They're 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 really filling these shows with as much as they can, and it's still not enough. So I, I just don't know how much many how many more people you can bring in, and then. Bray Wyatt is now available. Like he can show up anytime. So there's, there's a lot. I think full gear could have some surprises for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then there's also, I mean, like I said, on the, even on the WWE side, and this is nothing against those wrestlers, but like Silas Young, I think would be really good to go to WWE. I think that all of Shane Taylor promotions would probably do really well on WWE. Like, there, there's there's opportunity there, I think, for some of these wrestlers to wind up in the WWE, too. Um, I, would I prefer them all to go to AEW, of course, because, like, that's my favorite company. I, I want all my favorite wrestlers to be there. But there's, there is all, only so much room. So, like, you know, if, 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 the, if the option is, like, you know, I can get Jonathan Gresham or I can get Shane Taylor, like, I'm going to want Jonathan Gresham. But, like, right. I would want Shane Taylor to have a – in his spot over in the WWE if there was, you know, like, so, yeah. but yeah, I mean, but that's the big one though. That, I mean, John Gresham's the, that's, that's the one, like that's, yeah. uh, if you can only what get about, one about from Ring of Honor. I mean, I, I, the only kind of issue with lethal was he's been around for so long yeah. that like, it isn't, it isn't the same. Cause we, well, it'd be, it'd be new for a lot of fans, but like, we've seen a lot of what, he pro I don't know. It's tough. I, what I want to, I want to see him get a shot, but it's also like based off of all in, they had him doing like the black machismo and stuff. Like, do you want yeah. that version of him? Or do you want like the super serious I will say this, version? I will say this though. Tony Khan did not book all in. No, true. So, true. So I, yeah. I think that we would probably get the more super serious that might flash a macho thing here or there, but to me, he's kind of in that Bobby Fish category, right? Or the Tony Nese category to where I didn't necessarily think that they really belonged in AEW, but they still got signed. And I think that Jay Lethal is just as good, if not better than those guys. So, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it because I think Jay is, is an ROH legend and I still think he can go. And he also still really loves the business and he's a super nice guy. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but um, he'd probably be in my top five guys that I would want. But if he doesn't, it totally makes sense too. But I just don't know. Like, does he go back to Impact? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. And there's even, I mean, guys like, like I actually, I feel bad for Mike Bennett. Like that dude. Yeah. Like you know, because he's not gonna. I doubt that everybody wants him and i doubt he wants to be i don't there. think he wants to go there um, so and i mean he just you know he's finally it seems like he's overcome like all these the stuff that he was dealing with when he was you know in the wwe and then he was legitimately having in my opinion the best run of his career recently in ring of honor him and matt taven teaming in ring of honor as the ogk like that 
that's mutually beneficial to both guys. Like they were having really good tag team matches together in Ring of Honor. So I feel like maybe Taven and Bennett as a tag team, that could maybe be like an AEW's tag team division or something like that. But like, yeah, you know, it's just. Well, and I mean, the original kingdom was Taven, Bennett, and Adam Cole. Just right. Saying. Yep. So I mean, they're, they do have history there. So I mean, Adam was definitely close with those guys. Yeah, and I got a shout out Alex Pulowski. I brought this up on the uh, the uh, podcast I was doing earlier. And yeah. he, he said this on Twitter, and I thought this was a genius idea. Um, he said that his idea would be, obviously this is when we're, we're all assuming Kyle O'Reilly is going to let his contract run out. It's just assuming he doesn't want to stay much longer based on what they're doing with him. Um it would be so perfect because you just reminded me of like the OGK idea and everything. If there was something happened where like the young bucks are in the ring, red dragon attacks the young bucks. So like O'Reilly and Fisher yeah. together in AEW and then Adam Cole comes out and what side is he on? Like right. that would be sick. Like, do you choose the undisputed era or do you choose the young bucks? Like, I mean, and then you also know, like, Kevin Steen could be on the way in around that time, too. And it's Same like, thing with Sami Zayn, honestly. They both could be. I mean, and that's just, there's so many ways you can go with this stuff. And they're in there, and they're all good. Like, that's the thing. Like, they could, there's like 30 different ways you could go with Adam Cole being in AEW right now, based on his history with, like, the entire locker room. And who could be coming in. And it's well, and then all like, options. And then there's, like, a show in February, some indie show, right? But it's like... It's Malachi Black versus Davy Richards. Like, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. What we're going to start seeing is just like insane shows every single week, every other week, like just stacking the deck. A, a guy we didn't bring up who I think will definitely go to AEW is Brody King. Yeah. Especially because he, he's got the link with Malachi also. Like yeah. they're a tag team in PWG and everything. Like I plus they don't have a lot of big guys. I could definitely see Brody King. They could put him in a group like put him with Andrade and, and I think and he, Malachi. I, I, honestly, I think a badass faction would be Malachi Black, Brody King, and Bray. Bray. Yeah. I think that, that like you want to talk about give you the creeps. Like Bill sent me a song too. I don't remember what the song was, my bad, but it was a song from Slipknot. Apparently, that's what Bray wants to use when he comes back. And I mean, it gave me almost goosebumps thinking about it. Like they they could do some really cool stuff. Okay, hold on. What's this I'm seeing from ECW Hardcore Seven? I'm going to John Ma. Oh, geez. All right, I'm on Tony Khan's Twitter right now. Oh shit. He's just tweet us tweeted. John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family. We all stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. John is making a very brave choice to get help, and we are embracing his choice and supporting him however we can. I call, I'm call i proud to call John a friend, and like many of you, I'm also a fan of Mox and looking forward to a time in the future when he's eventually ready to return to the ring. Until then, thank you for supporting John and respecting his privacy at this time. And then he gives some information to a... a an online helpline, if anybody, or a, a telephone number, 1-800-662-HELP, uh, basically if you're dealing with this kind of stuff too. Wow, that's... Wow. Uh, so and see they, that coming. When he's also, I mean, he's the GCW champion too. He's a GCW champion. Who replaces that tournament match? Does Orange just immediately advance to face Brian Danielson? Uh, do they add somebody? 
Um, man. I mean, I'm glad he's getting help, but like that is, yeah, that's, I, that's, did not expect that. Um, well, it just makes me not concerned, but like how much of alcohol was being used to cope with the pain and like what other vices would he use if he's not able to drink? And then like, does that mean that he really wants to die down his wrestling matches and not go through a bunch of death matches and all that other stuff? You know what I mean? Like, and if that's the choice and yeah. he's earned it, no, no doubt about it. But, um, and also I don't, I don't think that he could do this in the WWE. I, really well, I, I, I think that this all, this is a complete speculation by me and that by no means, do I think this was like a PR move. I, before no. anyone says that this is not what I'm getting at by saying this, but like his book just dropped. Like yep. he might be dealing with like extra anxiety over that. Like, you know what I mean? Like the fact that everyone's going to read all this stuff about him, maybe that makes it worse. And like, that's why today's the day he's like, gotta, he's gotta get this taken care of. I'm just saying like, cause, cause his book literally like came out today, didn't it? Yes. So like, you know, it's just one of those things where like, may, maybe that has something to do with it. Just like the pressure or anxiety or something that goes along with, with all that too, like the time, but, but, but let's be, let's weird. be honest, Steven, like AEW is so loaded. He can do this. No, like, no, I agree. I, no. And, sure. and I'm just saying yeah. like, and I feel like in the WWE, like you better be on your deathbed. If you ask for something like this, like they, they would just be like, yeah, no, we need ask, you out there. You're a, big, Punk. you're a big yeah. name. Exactly. Yeah. Ask Kurt Angle, ask a lot of people. Yep. You know, hey, I just need a limited schedule. That's all I need. Nope, you're not getting that. And I feel like with with Tony, he's just such a he's just got such a good heart, and he wants to take care of his guys. So respect AEW for allowing this to happen. Um, I think it's a good idea for Moxley. You know, when you become a father, things change, man. Like you're you're you realize that it's not just about you. And I mean, you do when you get married as well. But like kids is a different, it's a different ball game. It just really is. And I mean, I'll I'll just share it personally for me. Like I don't drink alcohol. I'm definitely straight edge. I haven't touched stuff. My dad was an alcoholic, and like I never saw my dad drink. Uh, my dad had quit a long time before that. But my dad went to AA meetings all the time. My dad was very uh, shaky sometimes. Like he missed it, but he didn't drink. But like it affected him for the rest of his life. And I just never thought it was worth it. So, and my wife as well. My wife has never drank alcohol in her in her whole life. So, that's just the way I choose to live my life. But um, I, I, to to me, it's it's a it's definitely a, a good thing for Moxley. Yeah, yeah. I'm obviously. I hope he is able to hand you know to deal with this and and get over it and the whole deal, beat it. Um, and I think AEW set kind of a precedent there when like by signing guys like Leo Rush and stuff, you know, got people who were kind of like one foot out of the business, one foot in yeah. like with you, then not there, but like still like sticking with them and being like, no, well, like, we're going to, we're going to make, we're going to accommodate you and we're going to, we want you still, you know what I mean? I mean, ACH has kind of popped up now back in, in the independence and stuff. And he's definitely had his mental issues as well. And so I feel like that uh, he might be a guy that could, we could see eventually pop up, you know, yeah. like it's just, it's just cool that, Tony has an open mind and lets guys work through things. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think that I'm very torn on 
male masculinity because I do think it's important. I do think it's important for, for men to be men. And I do think that we're definitely different. We have different emotions and things, but we're seeing a lot of men now open up and talk about their problems. We're seeing players retire for mental health issues. We're seeing things like this and uh, it's opening up the door for a lot of people to realize that they do have problems and they do need help. And so I think that that's good. I just, I struggle with the mental health side of things because definitely trust me, I've been there. I feel like we, you know, sometimes the world's closing in on you and you barely can breathe and you're so stressed out, but a lot of it is based off of the situation that you're in and getting yourself out of that situation. And I feel like sometimes people just succumb to say like, I just have mental health issues, but they don't put the will and the effort to get out of these things. And, and that is where I get, stuck with not saying that all of them are like that, but I do think it's important for people to try to fight and work through their problems as well. Well, yeah. What you're saying is basically giving credit to Moxley. I mean, it's like he could have kept living with that and making millions of dollars and just like accepted it, but he's walking away at the, really the peak of his career right now, honestly. Yeah, for and sure. He's, you know, I doubt he wants to have to leave wrestling, but it might be the only thing he can do right now to get better. And he's doing what and he I- needs to do. And I wonder, because, I mean, we've seen him have a pretty big weight gain as well. Like, he's definitely put on, like, 20, 30 pounds. It's not necessarily fat either, but he's gotten bigger and stuff. And I wonder if, like, that was part of it, too. Like, when he was maybe off the road with the baby and stuff and he was just at home, maybe it got way worse and we just didn't know. Or, you know, like, it'll be interesting. And I think Renee is the type that will definitely tell her side of the story as well because – I love Renee. I love listening to her podcast. I think Renee's great. And uh, they're they're pretty open people. So um, but yeah. Good she's also Moxley. the kind of she's also the kind of person because like they're so opposite, the two of them. Yes. That like, you know, he may have had issues that he just didn't think were issues. And she right. was seeing it going like, no, like this isn't normal. Like what you're right. doing is it, but like for him, it is normal. Like the people he was around, it was normal and stuff. Like, right. so like he might give him a totally different perspective on like, yo, like you don't think you have a problem, Like you had a serious problem. Right. Like, you know, so, you know, obviously we want Mox to get, we want Mox to be good and healthy. And like, he's a hell of a talent. He seems like a really good dude. Like I'm a huge fan of his love him as the GCW champion. Like, I, I, I want nothing but good things for him and Renee. So, but it's a bummer as a fan to hear that. But at the same time, like you said, Doug, like Moss can go do his thing, go get better. They'll just plug someone else in and AW will yeah. keep rolling. So, yep. I, I really will. Like, I, I don't want to say he won't be missed, but like, it'll be like, oh, he's gone. He's been gone how long? Oh, okay. I'm sure he'll be back soon. Like, it, it's just, like even even when he they had the baby and he was gone for a little bit, like it was like okay, you know, like there's so many guys that they have, and I just don't know. I when wanted he comes to get back, your pers- the pop will be huge. Oh, for sure, and I'm sure it'll be a cool storyline yeah. and everything. I wanted to get your perspective on that Cody Rhodes promo. Okay, I yeah. I, I thought it was we, we rarely have seen a promo like that, and I loved it by the way, but like. It was really weird because they're booing him, but they're cheering him. It parts, right? Like it, it like I loved his line about like don't forget who built the bank. Like I was just like, yes, sir, you know. Yeah. But like it's really starting to kind of feel like a Cena vibe to me. 
to where he's getting booed and cheered by by the audience and it's a mixed bag but like very open very honest and so many people are convinced that he's going to turn heel eventually and i'm not necessarily sold on that i kind of feel like the story of it is can cody get the fans back and the journey of that like is that the end game you know what I mean? Yeah. So I I thought the promo was awesome. It was like yeah. my favorite promo of the year. I, I loved it. I love that he went into talking about how no matter what he does, he can never be his dad. Like, it, yeah. like from, from day one, no matter what he does, um, how his, his brother is just ultra talented and is going to outshine him for a lot of, of, of what he is. I mean, he was, he kept it super genuine, super honest, everything you were saying. And what I think is it's honestly, it's what they're doing is so genius because I, and now, cause I was, I was saying for quite a while that I thought this was all leaning towards a Cody heel turn. Now I don't think he is turning. And I think the story, which is just, it's what I guess you call like 40 chess or like a big yeah. brain move. A lot of people can't handle that. A lot dude, of people it's too over their head, dude, this, what they've done, and whether the fans realize it or not, what they've done, Cody is putting it on the fans. And he's basically saying, like, he's going out here cutting promos, basically explaining why he isn't a bad guy at all. And and it's on them to be like, wait, why are we booing this guy? And I think that that seed of doubt that's going to be in the fans' minds of like, wait, why, why are we booing this guy again? It's because Malachi Black has tainted you. He played all of y'all. Like y'all, like he was so good at, at what he was trying to do. He manipulated all of y'all into booing this dude who didn't deserve it at all. But now you are on his side without like, obviously fans wanted to cheer from Alakai and they wanted, you know, a big thing for him out of coming out of WWE and all this stuff. But the way it's played out and the way they positioned it, they can really run with the story of that Malachi black is that he tainted the fans and now the fans are sitting around going, wait, why are we, why are we booing this guy? And now they're, now it's on them to decide if they're going to cheer them or if they're just going to keep booing them, but not really know why they're booing him. So yeah. like, I, I think it's super interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. And honestly, I really want to fa- I want a fatal four way between those guys. I want Cody black pack and Andrade at full gear. Like I think sick. that that would be sick. It gets all those guys on the card and no clue who wins. You know what I mean? Like, and they all like Pat comes to help Cody, but it's not like he's got like this extreme love for him that he wouldn't kick him in the face. You know what I mean? So I really feel like that that's where they could go. I really do. I'm looking forward to Cody and Andrade tomorrow. I think that's going to be a great match. Um, I love Cody. I, y'all, y'all can cry me a river. Like I think Cody's awesome. Same. I will forever be grateful for Cody uh, helping build AEW. I really do want. Like if AEW came out with a streaming service, I want the documentary on how the elite kind of fell apart. I want that documentary because I do think there is something there. I don't think that they hate each other, but like they were extremely close, and I don't feel like they are anymore. I feel like Cody's more with QT and those guys and the Nightmare Family and like even Ricky Starks now. Like that that just seems like ten. 
but like I, I don't feel like it's the same and I want to know what happened yeah I don't but I don't know if anything even necessarily happened now this is just once again speculation I don't know but like it's also totally possible that like Cody just has a totally different job behind the scenes than those guys do. Like he's just yeah. tasked with doing all this other stuff for the company that those guys aren't necessarily involved in. Like while Kenny's, you know, dealing with the, the women's division and the Bucks are dealing with the tag division, Cody's probably flying all over the place doing all like the actual business meetings. Yeah. Like, so I, I, they may have just kind of grown apart from that sense. Um, I mean, I don't know. Something may have happened. I really don't know. But one thing's um, interesting, though. Did you see the one Sammy blog where Cody's like, "I've been in the YouTube family thing. All it does is end in heartbreak." He said that. Oh no, I didn't and, hear that. And so I'm like, hmm. And then, like to me, I think you know, like let's be honest, like the Bucks booked the Dick Druids. You know what I mean? Right. The Bucks are one of the ones that were responsible for that horrible Dark Order uh, show that Tony Khan felt like he needed to take over. Uh, Tony Khan is not a fan of Matt Hardy teleporting and broken Matt Hardy gimmick, right? But the Bucks were. And I feel like Cody is much more on that side of like Tony than the Bucks are and Omega even. And I feel like that that might have caused somewhat of a divide to where it's like, I'm going to go this way. You guys go this way type thing. And I'm not saying they did, but I I I just feel like there's, there's more there. And I would love to hear the story of what happened. Yeah. Whether, and I would love, honestly, I would love to see it in a, in a storyline. I think that'd be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Who knows? And one thing I think that they really need to do. And I was actually talking to Eric about this one time was I really think you need a blood and guts elite versus ROH, like the, the old school ROH. You could do CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, the Briscoes, and then have like Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, the Bucks and Cody in, in a, like a blood and guts match. I would lose my mind for that. Yeah. That'd be incredible. And that's the thing. It's like they could do all this stuff and still have like 10 months worth of matches. Like that's how deep they are right now. And Hell they can yeah. bring in anybody they want from yeah. outside companies. Super exciting. They can, yeah, they really can. They can do any of this stuff. I, and hopefully some more of the people we like that are stuck in contracts with companies we don't like can get out and be a part of this too. There's people that are I missing mean, out. It, it, if you get Kevin Steen, uh, Sami Zayn, I'm on the fence about, but like if he's El Generico, I like it. Um, El, El Generico and Fuego would be cool. But if if you could get like that, like, and maybe bring in AJ Styles because his contract's up in like four months, five months. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. it was that soon. WrestleMania. They've I mean, gotta get. They ha- He has to come over to AEW. I agree. If he if he can still wrestle. Four months. I mean, I shouldn't say can still. If he wants to keep wrestling, you. you I, I don't need him. a lot. I don't need a lot. Just give me like Kenny versus AJ Styles, a double or nothing, like a big build up. Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, double or nothing, dude. But like you say that, but like you'd see that match and you'd be like, oh, dude, he's got to stay. Like oh, you I'm know, just saying, like, like, but if like, I get that, I'll, yeah, right, I'll, I'll yeah. be okay. If you can only have I'll, one thing, and it's like you, he at least gets one AEW match. That's the one. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. Um, <laughs> but then there's others like, I mean, like Cesaro. Like, I mean, 
if I'm him, yeah. I'm counting the days down to whenever his contract's up. Well, like, what's I crazy mean, is he re-signed somewhat recently, and it was mainly because Brian Danielson was starting to do backstage booking for SmackDown, oof. and then he bounced. So, because because you notice like he was getting that push at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins, and then like he was getting the push against Roman. Brian Danielson was still with the company, and then yep. Brian left, and then Roman went. I mean, not Rome. Cesaro went right down, right down the drain. Really? No. I don't know what they've done with Cesaro lately, but he did. They they finally looked like they were doing something with him. He even wrestled Roman for the title, right? Um, at and one of the after that, it's like it's a wrap. Yeah. So that's uh. But yeah, I mean, there's there's people that are just missing out. We talked about Kyle. I mean, there's there's a lot of them that are just like, man, y'all y'all could be in on this too. Yeah. But. We'll see more of them. Well, well, eventually. So, well, and it seems like AEW's kind of ending their relationship with Impact Wrestling for the most part. They're kind of going their separate ways. I thought Bound for Glory was a weak show. I was not that impressed by Bound for Glory. I feel like that it's just that's why to me it's like if they did if they put out that exact same announcement that ROH did, like I would not be surprised in the least. Like I just don't, I don't really feel it from them, but. I mean, and, and I was really surprised, like, they didn't land Buddy Murphy, right? Well, it looks like he's going to New Japan. Yeah. Um, they didn't get Braun Strowman. They didn't get Bray Wyatt, which I wasn't necessarily expecting that. But I did expect some, like, some new surprises. There's a lot of free agents out there for Bound for Glory. They didn't have anybody. And it just it just kind of fell flat. I, I, and then, like, I didn't think Mickey should have beat Deanna Perrazzo. Like, I, I thought that was dumb. Uh, I, I didn't like necessarily how Moose won the title. Like, that to me was very WWE-ish booking. Like, it was just it, – it just was it, – it felt flat. And the crowd, I mean, God, it sounded like there were maybe 200 people in there. Like, yeah. indie, you're getting indie shows that have more energy than that. Oh, by far. I mean, this was on at the same time as GCW. So if you were watching right. both shows live, like one of the shows, the crowd is nonstop on their feet, yelling and screaming and cheering and into it. Then the other show, yes. which has more people in the crowd, is just crickets. Like I remember yes. at one point during the show, Matt Stryker, who might be the worst commentator in wrestling, Ugh. he's bad. Um, he, um, Eddie Edwards. D'Lo isn't much better either, by the way. D'Lo. I caught I well, this is all from the same show. At one point, D'Lo said that Molina was one of the best to ever do it. Yes, I heard that, and I just was like head scratching. I couldn't believe it, and I didn't love the idea of the battle royal with men and women together. Like it just it, uh, that, impact that was, impact does do no, more I get that kind it. of stuff though. But it made I, more sense though with like a Tessa, like to just throw all of them in there, especially like a Molina against men. Like she was never like that great in the first place. It just it was really out of place for me. Yeah, the Molina thing was because even if you narrow it down to like specifically women's wrestlers historically, like she would still be nowhere near like my top like 20, 25, third. I mean, I wouldn't even think Probably, about her. Yeah, no. Um, but anyways, but then there was there was another point in the night where Matt Stryker, um, Eddie Edwards comes out for his match and like he does his entrance and he gets in the ring. And it is complete crickets, like no sound. <laughs> and Matt Stryker on commentary is like the impact faithful 
singing along with Eddie Edwards' song like they always do. And he was trying to make it sound like it was like Jericho coming out or something. And it was like, what are you talking? There's no noise at all. Like no one's singing this song. Like what what are you talking about? Like, but I will say the X Division match was really good. Yeah, Yeah, it was pretty good. um, Was it uh, uh, Phantasmo, Trey, and uh, Rohi Raju? Was not the triple yeah. threat? Yeah, that that was a really really good match. Well, was the it was the guy that was like in the American deal back in the days. Now yeah, like uh, he did the spear. He did the spear with Trey. The whatever his name is, I can't remember off the top of my head. It did this. But you remember like Trey. oh oh, oh like sorry, Trey Steve, did Steve Macklin. That's who. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It was there Steve Steve Macklin, El Fantasmo, and that spear um, spot was dope. It was. He went and did the handstand and he yep. speared him through the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And Trey Miguel won the title, which my yep. only nitpick is I I despise the Meteor as a finishing move. And <laughs> it's like they have this whole match of just like awesome moves the whole time. Yep. It's like they're going spears through the ropes. ELP is like walking around the tightrope and jumping over people and bouncing around. And they're doing dives and every cool move you've ever seen. And then Trey Miguel lands nuts to the face on you for the three. And it's just like. I will say this, though. I feel kind of like that about Nick Gage's finisher as well. Well, yeah, the choke breaker after you've like put somebody through like every weapon imaginable. He's he's hitting you with light tubes and going through tables and barbed wire and everything. And he just gives you like a backbreaker. And that's that's it. Well, especially because like when he does it in those matches, like the rings covered at that point in like barbed wire and glass and chairs. And it's like, you would just want to throw them onto all these, but instead you're using your knee, you know, which yeah. you could have just done without any weapons. So I'm with you on that. Um, but, but there, there, I, I really like Trey Miguel. Like I'm happy they're finally like doing something too. with him because he's felt stagnant ever since Des and Wentz signed with the WWE. And like, he came back to impact and you felt, it felt like they were going to like give him a big push then. And it's taken till now. So and it sucks, um, too, because Dez and Wentz, they don't fit NXT 2.0, in my opinion, at all. No, that's going to be interesting because both those guys are super talented. So, oh, like, I don't I don't sure. know. I don't know what the end game there is going to be. Um, I'm sure the, I, what they're, what they're going to have to do with them, I think, is they're going to have to call them up to Raw or SmackDown fast. And then yep. you just got to hope that Vince gets it. Yeah. I mean, they're, all, they're just going to be comedy. What's MSK stand for? Uh, right, we don't know. No, no, what's this? No, we we like legitimately they've never said it. We don't know. <laughs> um, because you can't say marijuana smoking kids on PG TV. So like <laughs> there you, go. you know, so like I I, I it's but yeah, I, but so there but I thought Bound for Glory was a decent show. I thought Josh Alexander versus Christian was really, really good. good. I like how um, he broke down the arm to where Christian like could couldn't go any further. He couldn't yes. crawl, he was just done. And and I've been saying for almost two years now that Moose should be the champion of Impact. I get it. There's people that don't like him personally. I get that he has had a past where like he he hasn't been a perfect person. I totally get it. But from purely from the perspective of who has been built the best since his EC3 feud, which was definitely over a year ago now, like he's been ready for this. So like, but I'm torn on it because it's like, I feel like the right guy finally has the title. But they did they've the just but they've just wasted this entire six month build of Josh Alexander with the X Division title and having banger matches and cashing the belt in and all this stuff. So you just wasted like if you're impact, I don't know why you wouldn't just do 
Alexander beats Christian, ends the show as the champion, has the belt for like a few months, and then Moose beats him for the belt. Like, why yeah. don't you just do that? Like, or or have Moose win it bound for glory, and then Josh Alexander cashes in his X Division thing a few months from now. If that if eventually you want him to beat him. Like, I, I don't know why you do this all in one night. And I honestly think a big reason was because they couldn't get Strowman and they couldn't get Bray and they couldn't get the people they wanted. So they were like, well, we're just going to, we're going to get everyone talking with this, this big moose title win. And then everyone is more, more people disliked it than liked it at the end of the day. So uh, kind of an yeah. L on, on their part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the thing that sucks to me about moose is like, yeah, he might've done something in his past and and we don't know all the details about it. But, like, can we give the man credit for, like, not getting in trouble for, like, eight years? Like, I mean, the guy has – since he's shown up in the wrestling business, he's he's done nothing but bust his ass and get continually gotten better. Yeah, but he's also had, like, some interactions on Twitter that have been a bit, like, embarrassing. Well, I saw a couple of them about going, yeah. on, going after fans and stuff like that. And, I mean, I get it, but I do think that, like – he should he should be able to still be champion for their company. He is pretty much one of the best they have. Yeah. And uh it makes sense to me that he's champ. It's just like you said, the way that they did it. And it's really like you really crapped on Alexander more right. in my in front of his family. <laughs> from his family. Like it's yeah, it's just it was dumb. I didn't like the way that they did it. It just it felt it felt just like a low budget WWE pay-per-view type with the way less talent. Like it just it wasn't that good in my like, opinion. In their mind, that was like their big like Randy Orton pinning Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam after Daniel Bryan beat John Cena. Like in their mind, they're like, this is gonna shake the wrestling world. And like everyone was just kind of like well, damn, y'all really screwed over Josh Alexander, didn't you? Like, why do you guys do that? <laughs> That's like how right. feels about it. Right. But, but yeah, so we'll see what Impact does going forward. I doubt Christian's figured in with them anymore. I, I'd imagine Christian's going to be straight up AEW from here on out. It'll be and, interesting uh, if they book Christian and Cole because that's what it was kind of rumored to be for full gear. If I like they that. Do, they need to they need to ramp that up. Either find out this week or next week. I like that matchup though. Uh, that that'll be good, especially because you got you got to figure that Adam Cole's going to win that. But it'll be a really really solid match. And, and yeah, and it's a match that Cole never got. You know what I mean in WWE. So yeah, and and we've never seen. Once we're seeing Christian lose a little bit more, I think that's going to lean more towards him eventually turning heel, which I think a lot I of people want to see also. So because um, eventually Christian and Jungle Boy that'll be a big match at some point. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely on board there. So anyways, guys, if you haven't hit that like button, please smash that like button. Um, we got about eh, 15 minutes or so left, so we're going to go ahead and cover MMA. Um, a lot of stuff happened as well. Uh, first off, real quick, just to make the announcements, looks like Jake Paul is going to fight um, Tommy, Fury. Tommy Fury, um, which is Tyson Fury's brother. Half-brother. Uh, Half-brother. They look nothing alike. But they sound somewhat alike, so that that works. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting fight. Um, I I really think Tyson Fury is going to be a big part of the selling factor of the fight, especially if he's in his corner, if he's on like the the video promotions and all that stuff. Like I feel like a lot of it is just going to be Jake Paul versus Fury, not necessarily 
Tommy Fury, just Fury. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of so, like when uh when like Ozzy Canseco would show up for Jose Canseco signings. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I do think it's a sell. I think it's a smart fight for Jake Paul. Like I think yeah. that this is a fight that is winnable. It'll make him look good. He gets to put Fury on his resume, whether it's Tyson or not. And uh yeah, so that that that's an interesting fight. Should be a fun fight. Um, they usually are, so definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm thinking Jake, just for the record. Yeah, I think Jake's Jake. I think Jake's definitely gonna win this fight. I don't really even you know, one fight that I heard that was pretty odd. Did you listen to Ariel Hawani's interview with uh, Dan Hardy? I just heard a part of it when with him talking about how like his situation getting let go and how it's pretty much the same as what the commentators are doing now. They just couldn't hear him. So if you a UK promotion has a contract that Dan Hardy and Tyron Woodley have agreed to box. And the the contract is at Tyron Woodley's house to sign. He just hasn't signed it yet. So that could be the next fight is Dan Hardy versus Tyron Woodley in a boxing match. I am way more interested in watching Jake Paul box than either of those guys. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm saying that, but like it's better than YouTubers. I think it'll be decent. It depends on what YouTubers are talking about. <laughs> no, no, listen, listen, no, no, no. They both have good form. Okay. No, no, no. This is this is way better than uh, Skinny from the Nine and um, uh, Supreme Patty and all these guys that I've discovered through the celebrity yeah. boxing circuit. Um, celebrity. I got to put that in quotes. Celebrity, because I don't Very. know who the hell these people are, but it's it, right. they got like millions of followers on TikTok, which I don't even neither. have TikTok, so I don't. Neither do I. I don't have TikTok or Instagram, so I don't know who any of these people are. But right. um, but I mean, I I think that's probably a pretty fair matchup, Dan Hardy and Tyron Woodley. The only thing is, we haven't seen Dan Hardy fight in like ten years. Yeah, it's a decade, so. But he said legally, like health bill, health bill is fine. Everything that was That's an good. issue is no longer an issue. He can fight. Um, he has six offers on the table. That's one of them. That's the one he's the most interested in. He's just waiting on Woodley to sign the contract. And uh, yeah, but it looks like it'll be in the UK. Has anyone there? There are a few people I could probably think of that have had a more mediocre career than Dan Hardy, but like get as much credit as Dan Hardy, does. right? Right. Like, the guy wasn't very good. Like he, no. like he survived a, a, a tight armbar from GSP in the title fight. A title fight, by the way, that he only got because he was representing a country. Let's keep it real. Like he, yeah. he, he didn't actually beat all the top contenders. He just gained a lot of momentum in the UK, similar to Michael Bisping. Like Bisping got eventually became the champion, but like you know, like when Michael Bisping came into the UFC, they were like, Oh, this guy represents all of UK MMA. So he got like a big push. It was the same kind of thing with Dan Hardy. He wasn't that good of a fighter. So like Dan, I don't really Dan, have went, any... on a, Dan went on a streak, but he didn't beat like really big names, but he could talk. And so, and GSP had kind of cleaned out the division. So yeah. it was like, he's the next one. After he lost to GSP, he started losing to a bunch of people. He got knocked out by Carlos Condit. Um, I don't remember what his last fight was, but he, he was losing a lot. I think he lost like four fights. So, yeah. but, but he says, you know, it's this hard issue and stuff, but I will say that he really does love martial arts. He's like a big student of the game and he's just really curious to see, like, based on all the stuff that he's learned, like what he could do in an actual fight again. So 
he really wants to fight again. It'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, so that's that's something you might want to be looking out for. Yeah, that could, could happen. Also, I'm hearing some fireworks outside. The Braves won the World Series, so that's, yeah, they did. It's, uh, I'm here in yeah. Atlanta, so I'll be hearing fireworks yeah. tonight. Um, Astros lost, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I'll watch the fight. I you know, I just. I don't really have any draw to really watch Dan Hardy fight. And like, I don't have any draw at all. Well, to, what worries to watch me Tyron Woodley is let's say that Dan Hardy knocks out Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. That's got Jake Paul written all over it. Yeah. But I feel like Jake is like above that now as like crazy as it is to sound, to say that, like, I don't think Jake Paul would even know who Dan Hardy is. Like, even if he beat Tyron Woodley, he'd be like, at this point, if you're Jake Paul, especially if you, especially if you like starch Tommy Fury, like right. not even if you don't just beat him, like you go in there and knock him out, like he's gonna be looking at either like a Hold Nate on. Diaz. Let's think of that, right? The next fight is Nate Diaz. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is like it's gonna be yeah. Nate Diaz or someone else in that realm of like really, really popular MMA fighter, but also really, really good boxer. Oh, it's going to be that or like an actual legitimately good boxer. Not like a Tommy Fury who barely got past his last opponent who nobody knew about. Well, he just didn't barely pass him. He beat him decisively, but it was like not that impressive. And it was right. a, a nobody. Um, right. But yes, the, what you're getting at is Nate Diaz has one fight left on his UFC contract. And if I'm Nate Diaz, I have no intention of re-signing with them totally. because I'm going and making a bag over there in celebrity totally. boxing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I think even, I think even the, you could make a bag and then come back and fight Connor if you wanted to, but at least you have that freedom to where you can at least do something. And because, like, if he goes out there and he knocks out Jake Paul, his value is so much higher, regardless. And yeah. then he can go back and fight Connor in the UFC and make a ton of money. So, yeah, but he has to hit the market. But I'm telling you. His next fight is going to be against Chimaev. That's what the UFC is. That's what the UFC is going to want for sure. One hundred percent. Speaking of, like, I probably Beast. take Chimaev. Like, I, that oh, dude looks probably. like a freaking animal. I think he'll kill Nate. I think I mean, he'll kill Nate. Do you think? Do you think he could beat Usman? Like, I'm really starting to think I this think, guy might. I think he absolutely could. I, I, I the when I watch it, it's not that I think he necessarily could. I think that him and Usman are going to have like a, a big rivalry. Like, I think they're going to fight, like, three times. Like, I think it's going to be one of those type things where it's, like, no matter what, these guys are destined to be in, like, a rivalry. Just Usman's got to get past Colby. But, like, the level, the level, like, to face a Colby Covington, no offense to Colby, but, like, to go from that to facing Chimaev, I think it's just a a different animal, man. I think these dudes are built different. I really do. Like yeah. Jemaya hasn't even really been hit yet. He's just killing people. <laughs> he's I think he's been hit two times in like four UFC fights. Right. And he's like, just laughing at you. Like literally picking people up and, and giggling as he like carries you to the and corner might, and starts talking to Dana. Some, he might need some PR classes, you know, like I murder you, I murder everyone, I smash, I kill. I think people understand yeah. what he's trying to do. I get I, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's weird, like, dude, because, like, if you go, like, his Instagram is, like, two, 2.8 million followers. Like, there's something. Man? Of, yes. Really? There's something about, like, when word gets out that you're, like, a freak 
great fighter. It doesn't matter if you speak the language. It doesn't matter what you become a draw just based on that. I think Fedor had that, right? I think Anderson got that. Like it just, it just once word gets out that like, you're just this freak athletic, crazy UFC fighter or MMA fighter. Like I think it just changes the game for you. And he's got that. He's got that buzz. He does. And he's packing it up in the ring. I mean, in the, in the cage. To me, if Nate says no, Vicente Luque. Yep. Vicente well, even Luque that's a, that's a, And if he beats Vicente Luque, I give him Usman. Just right off the bat. Just go for it. Uh, wait, are you talking about Chimeyov? Yes. Or Nate? Okay, because I can see him, him fight either. either of those no, guys. but I'm saying if Nate says no to Chimeyov, then, then I'm doing Chimeyov and uh, I'm doing Chimeyov and Vicente Luque. Yeah, I mean, I'm, they, I'm, they, they can fight Tony Ferguson, and then yeah, they, we can say goodbye. I, I've heard uh, Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny being thrown around too as possible opponents for Chimeyov. Good luck. Yeah, no, I'm. I agree. Like Chimeyov looks like an animal. And uh, speaking of, you brought up Fedor. He knocked out Timothy Johnson in the first round. Uh, yeah, a couple uh, last weekend yeah. or whatever. I still want to see him in the UFC like one time just for the sake of seeing it. But like Dana seems so bitter about that though. Like it's never going to happen. Well, he's pissed. I mean, we all know the story. M1 Global screwed that up royally. Like they were going to give him money that he could have retired off of to fight Brock Lesnar in Dallas. And yeah. Um, I love Dana. He's like, I woke up to get a deal done. I woke up that morning and I knew I was getting the deal done and we didn't get the deal done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all that's bad. And Fader's not even with that M1 promotion or or any of that. So, like, he would be way more easy to deal with at this point. But then now there's hurt feelings and bitterness and whatever. But I mean, even if he won, like, who, who, who would you give him in the UFC? Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I think if you're the UFC, want to give him Ngannou? Well, I think, like, I think Dana would. Like, oh, yeah, Dana would want to give him the 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 best guy available but i mean maybe run back him on arlovsky or something like just for like right. you know that makes it's... more but like i mean give him surreal i think surreal would beat his ass but imagine fedor comes in and just just oh. smokes surreal god yeah, <laughs> that'd be was, so nasty the, the legend would just be huge yeah um also so as far as uh i'll just just really quickly i'll just throw this out and then i'm gonna do some yeah, yeah. quick predictions for this weekend yeah. But obviously, like shout out Peter Yan had a great fight against Corey Sanhagen. Well, shout hold out, on a second, but real quick about Peter Yan, like mm-hmm. he's great, right? But like when you watch him, nothing overly stands out to me. Like he has good boxing, but he's not like this freakish athlete. He doesn't have like freakish speed. He's just one of those guys that like by the mid second round third round he's figured you out and then he just beats the living piss out of you till you're done but like it's not like this like you look at him just eye test immediately like oh yeah that's the guy like yeah he's he's just like a grinder he's just like like kind of like volkanovsky yeah both of those guys same kind of thing they're not like overly like they're both really really good strikers obviously but like they're just really tough and can when they get you in the deep waters, they they they're just never going to get tired. And their their power never 
Waynes or anything like that. And like the difference with him and Sandhagen was just like Sandhagen just doesn't have the power that he has. Like at right. the end of the day, like Sandhagen was able to touch him. He was able to be like a pest to him. He was able to move around and kind of dominate cruising for a little bit. But at the end of the day, he just doesn't have the power. Yeah. Yep. So Jan, new Aram champion. They got to run back him and Sterling when Sterling is ready. Um, I want to see him and TJ. I love that fight. I love that fight too. It, if if yeah. Alderman's going to be a while, I'm down for that. I don't well, know how long TJ's out. Yeah, I don't either. And I don't know how long Alderman's out. And he's talking just like, just ridiculous. I'll beat your ass. And it's like, stop, stop. You got, you got lucky getting that title. Like whatever. But I, I loved him and TJ just because I think TJ has the power to hurt him. And I think that that would be, a, and they both have very good boxing. Like I would love to see that fight. Yeah. Well, that would have been the fight. I mean, yep. he would have got the fight over Sanhagen. Um, I mean, Islam Makachev looked great against Dan Hooker. Like he's going to be, he's really the only guy I think in the division who has a chance against Oliveira right now. Um, just because his grappling, yep. like he's got a chance on that, but obviously you don't want to be on the ground with, Oliveira at all so I'd still give the advantage to Oliveira but Makachev well and by facing Dan Hooker I think it really shoots him up to the title shot sooner than yeah. it was gonna be so that and to beat him as quick as he did like I mean I think he's getting the title shot within the next couple of fights and I mean I I just don't know that these Russian dudes are just built different they just are and like I it, in my opinion if you're in that division you need to train wrestling like 24 7 like because if you can't wrestle, you're done. They will they will beat the crap out of you. Yeah. And they never get tired. So, never. And you're going to drain having to keep up with them holding you down like that and trying to get up and the whole deal. So, yeah, it's grinders. And then the second you think you're safe, you grab you by the arm and throw you in a Kimura. Um, not a whole lot more to talk about. I mean, like Volkov got a win. Ankaleyev got a win. Both. Uh, pretty one-sided W's, but the one other thing I wanted to bring up was that uh, Dos Santos versus St. Dennis fight where, like, the referee, like, wouldn't stop the fight. Terrible. Yeah. On one hand, it's like, the guy was still fighting back, but it was after, like, he had been, like, running away and taking, like, a total beating, and his opponent's kind of letting up, like, Dos Santos is kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Like, what more do I need to do? Um but yeah, he wound up that referee wound up getting replaced for the rest of the night, uh, which yeah. is the one the one upside. Uh, or there's multiple, but one of the big upsides of not having athletic commissions is that where the UFC yeah. can just make that call and just change it on the fly. If that was happening in most states in the US, they couldn't do that because they'd have to go through the commissions. The commissions are going to stand behind the referees and in the whole deal. So. Um, now, the flip side of that, obviously, for those of you who don't know, we might be saying, like, well, why why do you need commissions at all? It's because, like, if you were going to fix a fight or something like that, you that's how you do it. Like, when there's yeah. no commissions involved, you can really do whatever you want. You can make, put whoever, whatever judges you want, whatever refs you want. You can tell them exactly how to score stuff before it even happens. Like, that kind of stuff. But, like... That's why, that's why Connor is only going to want to fight in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> well, well <laughs> from like, here on out. Well, like, remember Fedor versus um, Maldonado in Russia? Oh, yes. Like, that was the most home cooking I've ever seen. The like, greatest the greatest commentary in a fight I've ever heard is that fight. Really? Well, I can't remember. Dude, what, I, I think I no saw No one in, can stop the almighty oh, Fedor. Oh, my God. He's, 
It's not, no, it's not over yet. The Fedor is coming back. And now Fedor has hurt him. Like, it was the most over-the-top, like, pro-Fedor. Like, Fedor yeah. is damn near knocked out. And he is just like, no one can stop the almighty Fedor. <laughs> Yeah, and like Khabib is sitting there with Putin. Like it was, yeah. it was classic, <laughs> man. Dude, yeah, I remember was classic. I was at work and I brought my laptop to work so I could watch that fight from like the office. Yeah. And I just remember is like Fedor, like they, the ref should have called that off at the first round. No. Like Fedor was getting his head was like bouncing <laughs> off like the canvas and stuff. Oh, it's like he was walking around like a zombie, could barely. Stand oh up. yeah. And then they gave him the decision. I was like, oh yeah. my God. Um, yeah. But that all being said, this weekend, let's use some what's, quick what predictions. Thing? Shout out um, to Glover Teixeira. Oh, I thought I brought that up already. Yeah, nope. obviously, yes. That's incredible for him. Incredible. incredible. Crazy to see John Hackleman in there with another UFC champion. Like, Kim and Chuck were just yeah. synonymous. And, like, that just seems like such a long time ago. And for them to have Glover in there with him, like, this is wild, wild. But it's like, I really feel like the takedown really threw Yawn off his game, right? And then in the second round, it's like, okay, we're back to standing. I've got this. And then he got hurt by a punch. And then after that, it was just like, takedown again. All of a sudden, I'm flattened out, and it's over. So um, He tapped immediately. Tapped immediately. Like, I, he really felt like he was off his game. Like, like I feel like, like you would have thought that like he had no experience. Like Glover seemed like he just had so much more experience. He was so much more calm. He just fought his fight. Like it was really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I remember years back when John Jones was, you know, still the champion. And this was like before he fought guys like Anthony Smith and Dominic Reyes and Thiago Santos and those guys. I remember even back then, because I know obviously him and Glover had fought years before that but i remember even back then a few years ago that john jones in a lot of these interviews he would do he'd be like yeah i just don't really see like much of a like a challenge to stay in this division like you know anthony smith i don't really like dominic reyes like he never really but the one guy he'd always bring up like i'd fight glover though and like people would be like what like you'd fight you think glover would have a bet and he's like no like glover like Glover's like legit. Like Glover's for real. Glover, like, yeah. and he gave Glover a lot of credit after he won too. After he won the title, like, he seems like the one guy that just. You were on one of the the one of the fight nights when Sean told that story about the like building the fence and all that. Did you hear about that? I don't think so. I'm, I'm going to mess this story up, but it was something along the lines of, I think it was Showdown Joe, a guy who used to work for Fightful. He was doing like a post-fight interview or something like along those lines with Glover Teixeira years ago. And he like asked Glover like how he was doing or something in general. And Glover answered, he's like the most like the nicest guy in the world, apparently. And the, the Glover like asked him like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, like after this, I have to go like build this fence. And Glover's like, no, 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 no we have to go build that fence. And like Glover wow. like went with like this like random like journalist to like to go help him in like his everyday life just because, wow. like, you know, I probably butchered the story, but it was something along those lines. So Glover, cool. yeah, Glover just seems like, he just seems like a great dude. The whole MMA community is behind him. His journey to get to the title, his journey to get into the UFC 
before, like, like we were mentioning when he was training with Chuck and everyone's calling him like the Mike Tyson of MMA and all this stuff. And the fact that he did it, I mean, that is, I'm super, super, super happy. And, and I feel like you got to do him versus your Prochaska next. I think yep. that's an awesome title fight. I do think it's kind of weird though, right? Because I really feel like Glover, he, he wanted to win, but I really feel like mentally he was ready to be, that was his last fight. Right. And like, I think that was part of his like overwhelming. I don't know what to say. Like it was like, he was almost ready to kind of close that door and now he's champ. So I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for that fight. And like, to me, he kind of was the Chimaev of the division and that's why they put him in there with Rampage on his last fight of his contract because they put that on there on a Fox show in Chicago and I didn't know much about him and I had never really seen someone just stand up with Rampage and just win every round. And like that's basically what Glover did. So it, it that was like my introduction to him really and – uh I mean, the guy's been around a long time. It's a really an incredible story. 42 years old, definitely gave me Randy Couture vibes. And it was it was just weird. Like when he did it, when when he when when Jan tapped, it was just like the kind of a surreal moment that you kind of just had to be like, wow, wow, he's champ. Like he did it. So very cool, very cool moment. It's what people it's why people love the sport. You just never know who's gonna win. And guys get that's one thing, like in boxing, when guys go on a losing streak, like it usually it's it's the end of their career. And in MMA, like there's so many different resurgence that happen a lot of times and it makes the sport so great. And Glover did it completely on merit also. He, he lost a few like here and there after the Jones fight yep. and then beat like five contenders in a row to get to title shot. Yep. I mean, like he, there wasn't any preferential treatment. In fact, the opposite for him, he had to wait for the super fight with Izzy in, in Blahovich. Like he got looked over for that and yep. everything. Like it, it's not a case of like a, a legend coming back for like a one-off fight or, or someone just getting a big fight because of their name. Like he legitimately worked his way all the way back up the rankings to get that title shot. Completely deserved it. So as yeah. a guy who like I'm big on Blahovich, like you know, I I'm super happy for Glover Teixeira. So that yeah. that was really cool. And then this weekend, and we're running out of time, but let's yeah. get some predictions out there. Just quick predictions for some of these, and then like the the bigger fights. Um, okay. I'll just throw some. I'll throw out one from the prelims: Ally Quinta and Bobby Green. Who you got in that one? Yeah, I'm interested on this because Ally Quinta is the underdog. And I don't necessarily think he should be. I yeah, I'm surprised to hear that actually, just because of inactivity, yeah. maybe. I, I don't know, but yeah, because Bobby Green's fought a lot recently. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm thinking Ally Quinta. Honestly, I, I think he'll win the fight. Yeah, I rarely pick against Bobby Green because I I, I like the guy I and like Bobby he always Green. brings I like it too. But I, I fighter. Yeah, I got to go with Ally Quinta as well. Um, as far as like the main card. The real interesting Frankie Edgar and Marlon Vera. That that's a big um, fight of bantamweight. I I gotta go with Cheeto. Yeah, I'm gonna go Frankie, but it's because it's Frankie. Like my Man, uh, that Sandhagen knockout in seconds, though. Like yeah. I just feel like he's just not he's not the same anymore. But he still was like, who did he beat? Like right before that, though, because he 
he did have like a quality was it munoz um yeah pedro munoz he was a really close fight split decision i don't know it's i frankie's just he's just a guy that i just really it's he's like arlovsky i just i really don't know i think he'll be fired up to fight new york too yeah that's true same with iaquenta i hadn't yeah. uh figured that in um shane burgos and billy cord cord corantilio I, I Shane Burgos is about who who he's fa- who that is, but I know Shane Burgos. I was at the fight, his last fight when he faced uh, Edson Barbosa, and he had that weird like just my body gives out and I fall down moment. Um, so I don't know, but I but I think the guy has a pretty good record that Shane's fighting. I mean, this seems like a fight that Shane's supposed to win, but I, I don't know much about his opponent. Yeah, he does have a really good record, um, but. Yeah, even though Burgos has lost his last two fights, it was a Josh Emmett and Edson Barbosa who are both badass fighters. So, yeah, I'm going to take Burgos just because I know more about him. Um, but then, like, the big fights on this one. Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. I mean, this is literally, like, the best fight that either guy could could have right now. Like, it's perfect matchmaking. Um, I'm going Gaethje. I think he has more power, and I think, I think he has more ways to win. Uh, but obviously Michael Chandler's game and he's got power in his hands and they both have good wrestling. So it, it's a, it seems like a pretty damn even matchup, but I'm taking Gaethje. What about you? I, I honestly don't see any way Michael Chandler wins this fight. I think Gaethje's just a terrible matchup for him. Uh, I think it's a great fight though. And I think that it'll definitely be a war as long as it lasts. I could see Chandler rocking Gaethje kind of like he rocked Oliveira to where it looks like he's going to win. But Gaethje will survive, and then Gaethje will finish him off. Like, I just – I'm a fan of both guys, so I love the fight. It's a fan fight, but I think I think Gaethje's going to win. Yeah, so we both got Gaethje there. That's a hell of a matchup, though. It um, is. You got Rose Namajunas defending the Women's Strawweight Championship in a rematch against Wale Zhang, Zhang Wale, however you want to say it. Um, yeah. I like Wale a lot. Um, yeah. I, I got to see her versus uh, Yanni and Jacek live. I, I think that's the best women's fight of all time. Right. Um, you know, so I got a lot of love for her, but Rose, I mean, she came in, she won that title by, you know, she, the way, the way that she won the title and, you know, she putting it all together. It's hard. It's real hard to pick against Rose in my opinion right now. Who do you have in this one? So here's the thing. I heard a statistic too. That was like the person that's lost the fight and gets an immediate rematch it's like 90% they don't win. So like the person who lost the first fight will also lose the second fight. Yeah. Like 90% chance they're going to lose the second fight. And so that's a really hard statistic to go against, but like, I thought Wale was going to beat Rose decisively and she got caught with a head kick and it didn't happen. I now feel like she's even more dangerous. She's been training with Henry Cejudo a lot She's working on her wrestling a lot, which is really going to throw off Rose and her striking, in my opinion. If she does take her down, I think that I think that Whaley has way more power. If she really connects on Rose's chin, I don't think Rose can necessarily handle that strike. So I'm actually leaning towards Whaley winning the fight. Um, I would love to see Rose win. I'm a big fan of Rose. But I just can't – all I feel is if I felt like that Waylay was going to win the first time and now she's only gotten way more dangerous, 
I just can't I can't bet against that. So I'm I'm gonna go with Wele on this fight. Yeah, that's that's probably well, there's a few that are really hard to call on this one, but like it's like Rose stopped for the first time. So like how could I logically go against that? But but it's like, like was said, it a stop or was it just like a freak right kick that like if they are in a war can Rose handle that? You know yeah. what I mean? I think if they're in a war, this gets into deep water in a championship rounds, I think Wiley has definitely got the advantage. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to go with you. I'm going to take John Wiley as well. I'm going to, I'm going to okay. say she wins the title back. Um, I think if Rose wins this, it really solidifies her as one of the top. Yeah. And then you also have Yolanda and Jay check. Who's like always going to be looming there in that mix. Um, yes. Which is pretty cool. Cause I mean, she's a badass fighter. She, she, and John Jay checks at the point now in her career where like, she's living the life. So like, She's probably only going to take title fights at this point. So she's either going to. From what I heard in the aerial interview, like she'll take title fights or she'll take like a number one or number two contender. Like she'll take one of those fights as well. But like, if you're just going to give her like number five or number six, like she's not interested in that. Well, she's earned that. Um, Then the main event, another big rematch. Huge. Kamaru Usman defending the welterweight championship against Colby Covington. I'll give my prediction first, real quick. I'm taking Colby. I'm really. Play. I'm taking Colby. Wow, I didn't expect that. I I think I think Usman has more power in his hands. I think yes. Usman is. But here's the thing: if this, if we actually see some wrestling in this one between the two, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more even yeah. when it comes to the grappling. And I think Colby has his back against the corner right now. We're like. If you get beat by Usman again, like you have to eat so much crow over that. Like, like you're like you've made all the excuses in the world for losing the first fight. And like yeah. a lot of those excuses are, are BS. But right. but it's like you can't a couple of them are somewhat valid. Like the body kick that, that it they called wasn't a low shot, blow. Yeah. It wasn't a low blow. That shouldn't have stopped the fight. But but what I'm saying is like even with the gimmick and character he is, yeah. It's like, okay, you said all this stuff. You got your rematch. I mean, and he beat some people, you Tyron Woodley and stuff, like to get the rematch. But you you can't do it a second time. Like even Agreed. even if you're that gimmick and character, like you have to know, like if you if you go out there and give excuses for losing a second time, like no one's gonna care. You're not getting another title shot. Like it's pretty much over. Not only like that, like I think your career is pretty much done. Like yeah. I, I mean, he could always fight other people. But, like, I don't know if Colby's in the business just to fight. Like, I think Colby's in the business to try to become champion. Yeah. Well, and it's also uh, interesting, too, because, like, if Colby does win, they got to run a trilogy. So, like, they're going to, you know, they do all this again, and who knows. But, like, I just feel like Colby just has to be in this position where, like, he has to know all these things. And he's got to be be super motivated. He's probably training better than he's ever trained before. It's just I don't think he has the same knockout power. What's going to be messed up is if – if Colby wins, he's gonna get Jemaya. You think they'll do that first? They'll be like, "Oh, this is gonna out of the way," and then Usman will fight. And him. then, like, <laughs> Usman never even gets a chance to fight him because, and, and like, we would already knew he was a killer, but like, Colby's the one that gets introduced to him, and it's just like total destruction. Yeah, I could. That'd be really funny if it played out like that. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm gonna take Colby. I just. 
I think that Usman is the smarter pick between the two, but I think given the circumstances, like Colby's got to know it, it's pretty much, like you said, his career's pretty much on the line here. Like he could fight lower ranked people and stuff, but like he's never going to be in this position again in his career unless he wins this fight. So we did get a super chat from Dirty that we didn't go over because it was MMA related, but he said who would win between Izzy and Colby at 185? Colby so, grappling. Yep. That would be interesting. Would Colby move to 185? They don't have a lot of contenders, and Izzy and Colby would be a huge seller. Like Colby could definitely talk his way into that fight, and his grappling could really be a problem for Izzy. So it's basically like Chael Sonnen did. Also moved up in weight and just kept talking and get got title fights. Right. So I mean that makes sense too. So if if he did lose, he would maybe move up to fight Izzy. So I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I like I said, I would take Colby in that one just because I think if he got a hold of him, Izzy would be pretty screwed on the ground, I think. Yeah. But, but Izzy's striking is, is on a completely different planet than than Colby's is. And it's going to start really, standing. I would up. have to kind of see what happens this week. This this is weird too, right? Because the, the last time they fought, there had been so much buildup and like every press conference we'd hear from them and then there would be all these interviews. It's been pretty quiet. Like they're going to have their press conference, I think Thursday. And then that's going to really get the vibe going of, okay, we got to fight. But I I thought the, I thought the trailer that they showed on that UFC was fire. Like this fight is awesome. I can't wait for this fight. I'm picking Usman. I think he just has too much power. I think that Colby will eventually get caught. And there's weird things like, right, like Colby doesn't want to admit that he got his jaw broken. He keeps saying, I didn't get my jaw broken. Dude, you went away for a long time because you had jaw surgery. Like everybody knows that. And yet, like he wants to act like that that never happened. So to me, it's like it's like you're not really embracing the fact that you did lose that fight. Yeah, Andy Usman had a broken hand, too, that no one talks about. It really reminds me of Wilder and Fury. Like, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Like, Mm, Yeah, Wilder's A lot of excuses, not really really willing to admit that you lost the fight. And uh, I I just think that they're going to go to war. And I really feel like Usman is going to be motivated to put him away early. And that'll make it interesting. That'll make it interesting. But I, I... this is probably one of the most anticipated fights of the year for me. Like I'm really looking forward to this fight. This fight is a huge, huge fight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting with with Usman having two good hands too. Like he really only had usage of one hand last time. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I I just I just I I just got to go with Colby because I just feel like he. He's got to know the position he's in with this, but yeah. Um, but Usman, we could absolutely uh, see new champions in this in this show. Well, and Usman, I don't want to take anything away from Usman. He's looked. I mean, I I do the rankings with Cole, another guy named Colby um, for uh, for Fightful. We do them every week, and um, we have Usman ranked as number one pound for pound. Like, I really feel like Usman is the best fighter in the world right now. Um, and what he did to Gilbert Burns, knocking him out and everything, and Masvidal. And it's like, it's it's very, Usman is very, very impressive. I just feel like, outside of maybe Chimeyov, because we just haven't seen Chimeyov fight like the best guys yet. But like, Chimeyov aside, I think Covington's the 
only person at welterweight that can beat Usman stylistically. So like if yeah. anyone's gonna do it, this is it. Um, outside of maybe Shemayov. Um, and I'm that that plays a little factor into my thinking too. Whether that's fair or not, it's like, well, it's almost like it's a little too boring just to keep choosing Usman for me. It's like, well, if if anyone has a chance, it's it's Colby. So I'm gonna go with Colby. I will say this: I think Colby's the most legit threat to his title both times that he's gotten the fight. Like way way more of a threat than Masvidal. Way more of a threat than even Gilbert Burns. Like I feel like Colby really like that fight. People forget that thing was two two going into the fifth. Like yep. and Colby. Colby lost in the end, but his cardio is ridiculous. His volume is insane. His pace is insane. Um, it's it's going to be a great fight. It's one of Dana White's favorite fights of the whole entire company, like since he's ever been a part of the UFC, and we're going to see the rematch. So I think it's uh, I think it's a fantastic fight. And it was all stand up last time. Like I feel yeah. like you know maybe they grapple some too. I mean maybe they mix it up a little bit because they're not the two best strikers in the division. Like it, it was a lot of fun to watch them just throwing down though. I mean, that, that right. fight, that fight totally ruled. Um, yes. I, I love their, their first fight, but. And I think um, it also really helped people open their eyes to Usman because before it was like, Oh, boring fighter just holds people, blah, blah, blah. But like he stood there with Colby the entire time. And then he finished him in the fifth. Like people were like, Oh wow. And then, all of a sudden, he finishes Gilbert Burns, and he finishes Masvidal. Like he's now in that pound for pound best fighter in the world rankings. Like it's, it's a uh, he's it he's at his peak right now. But I feel like Colby is a very motivated guy that wants to be champion very, very, very much, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, that's that's all I've got. I'm looking forward to the fights. Make sure to watch that uh, fightful fight night. Me and Doug, you'll be with me on there, right, Doug? You should be. So uh, this Saturday, it'll be me, Doug. I'm sure Rob Wilkins will be there. And then Sean Ross Sapp usually joins us if he's free. So we'll be watching uh, UFC 268. Uh, so join us. Watch along with us. Uh, Fightful.com. Or it'll be on Fightful.com as well. But you should have a YouTube.com slash Fightful uh, for Fightful Fight Night for UFC 268. And uh, make sure to listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast on Sundays when I talk about indie wrestling every week. Yeah, and next week we got full gear. So we'll be able, able to really hit the full gear card hard and go over all that and really see what's happening. I'm sure by that time we'll all be really pumped for the show. And, uh, yeah, just follow us. Uh, like this video if you can. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for everybody that did the Super Chats. Really appreciate it. And uh, catch you all later. Skull Vikings. Go Cowboys. Mm-hmm.